I'd like to see the lady's mouth. Okay. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. I I told him last night that he had to come. I have 15 reasons why I can't come. The further I got into it, the more I liked it. The blush you have after orgasm, that feels so good. Oh, brother. None of this is good. It is on, folks. It is on. It is on. Bolo, I got enough to worry about. Guaranteed to blow your mouth, man. Little vodka cranberry again. Little vodka cranberry out the ass. Are you kidding right now? Do you know how bad you sound? Most indeed. Uh, I mean, yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Oh, man. Coming at you again. The first Tuesday in 2024. You dirty whores. It's January 2nd, in fact. And you're listening to episode 291. What fun. Of Bull After Bull. I'm Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I am Dame DeLorean. And uh, you're a bowler. Sliding in. Right on time. How you doing? How you doing, bowler? Howdy, bowler. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. We appreciate the help. Appreciate the help, bowler. And uh, we're glad to see you. New year, new you, right? That's what they say. That's what they say. And, uh, they're right. I'm working on some new me stuff. Been tearing this fucking place apart. Yeah, you are. Uh, I need my space to work for me. That's all right. Instead of working, like, despite me. Mm. It kind of works a little bit. I mean, we've, we've made the show. Yeah, every Tuesday. The show. We've been making the show every Tuesday. Since we started going live. Got a nice big green streak going. Right down the back of the pants we don't wear. Uh, but uh, I just need a just need a new setup. I need to shake things up. I need to make it look pretty. I want to pull a visual element in. All this um, V for V live music stuff. The Ainsley Costello concert. The things you're doing over at Homegrown Hits. Um, even Fish Tank, really, to some extent. Like all these things. I'm looking and I'm just I'm thinking like you know. We could do more with the space that we have here. Definitely. We could offer more, we could put more value in, right? Mm-hmm. That's always what I'm trying to think. What, how, how can we rearrange and regroup and think this out even better and just get more value up in this bish, right? And that's what I'm trying to do. That's what I'm trying to do. I've been kind of uh, brain fogging out real hard. I got a... Weird bonus schedule mix-up. Not really mix-up, but just audible, like last call change switch. Which means I have some extra time on my hands that I didn't know I had. So all of that's going to be rolled into trying to make a space. I want a space where we could do whatever. Uh, not only with audio, but visually. 
right? Right. I want lights. I want cameras. I want action. I've got this 3D printer and I've done some stuff, right? But I want to be able to like share with people the stuff. I've got a bunch of instruments. You know, I'd love to have musical guests. We had Chris Vox the one time, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And that was cool, but cramped and, you know, not probably the most comfortable. Uh, Although he made it work. And uh, Chris Fox, like us, he's a laid back guy, you know, he's just going to roll with whatever. He doesn't really need anything polished and pretty. But I'd like to just be able to, on a whim, just say, hey, you know, come over and do a Bulls with Buds in person, you person that I like, that we're kicking it with. Uh, Sit down in this comfortable place and just talk into this microphone, you know? Yes. Everything's been so weird when we do an in-person Bulls with Buds. It's like, we're all kind of... Back to back. Yeah, we're like facing backs. Yeah. And, um, you know, I got to run this whole war station looking in the corner like a bad boy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think the New Year is the perfect time to make these changes. I think and so. And rearranges. I think so. I picked up a couple of cheap, cheap, cheap web cameras. That we're on sale at Micro Center. Got a shotgun mic to kind of pick up maybe some like ambient room noise type stuff for the mix. Things. I mean, I want to experiment. 2024 is a year of experimentation. You know, we've we've had this thing going for a while in in sort of the same format. And I'd like to add a couple of things, spice things up. Mm. I I'm trying to entice a uh, a booberry to come down and help me with this because I think I'm I have really grand plans and a big big crazy vision and just me on my own i think that I like i'm gonna get halfway there and be like well you know it's close enough if i bring blueberry just to get him in this space physically and just let him look around here he's a pro you know i do know he's a full qualified full-fledged professional you know uh people are out of touch and don't know they think he's just some teenager in vans <laughs> this, this couldn't be further from the case. This man is a seasoned, hardened, road-tested professional. And I just need that kind of spice. You know, I need that kind of touch. And however many Dr. Pepper milkshakes I got to buy that motherfucker to get it done. I'm going to get it done. So we we turned the lamp on outside and we're just trying to get a moth. Uh, kind of reeling in a moth with a lamp. A little lamp action. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I'll turn all the lamps on in the house too. We'll see what happens. It's been a pretty great week, all in all, for our new year. Yeah. We uh, did get the calendars all given out. Woo! So that was cool. Well, Rev needs to come pick his up still. Rev needs to come pick his up. The Uh, big winny one. That's right. The big one. But I made a digital version. So for everybody who entered the calendar contest, uh, I sent them a digital version scanned... Uh, Lorian 2024 calendar and my scanner is not a full like it's just a regular standard office scanner yeah so this calendar is a big ass 12 by 12 calendar and I had to kind of do a flipperoo kind of double scan and stitch them together so there is kind of a seam running across all the pages at like the eight and a half inch mark <laughs> uh, it's the best I could do under the circumstances I might I might try to pick up one of those um, roll scanners you get these scanners, mm. you can just feed a page in. It doesn't matter how tall it is. It just has a fixed width, and then it just keeps rolling through however long the page is. So I don't know. I might try to pick one of those up. 
I've got a lot of other things on the plate, so yeah, it's kind of back burner. But seem like a priority for for what it is. It's really like a nice, high quality, like three thousand square pixel scan. Yeah, I saw that the Rev printed his out, and I thought it looked pretty good. The Rev did. He printed a temp version and stapled it together for the truck. And wowie zowie, it's it it looks great. Yeah, you just uh, shot me a photo of it. It looks great. So I'm hoping it doesn't look great enough that he just blows it off and doesn't come pick up the real one. Because I promise you, Rev, the real one is just so much more high quality. Not as a knock on your print job because it looks fantastic. I was actually impressed. I was impressed with what you took my uh, poor little PDF and turned it into. But you're going to want, I promise you, you're going to want the real deal. If anybody else wants the digital PDF, by the way, we're just going to keep the the calendar thing rolling digitally. So in any kind of Boostagram or PayPal, just say you want it and you got it. Yeah. Value for value. Simple enough. Simple enough. Oh, speaking of value and speaking of for value, I guess uh, we would want to listen to some Boostagrams coming in. I do like hearing the pins crashing down on the bowl after bowl lanes. It's like the one thing we didn't test pre-show. It's usually on our pre-flight checklist, but, uh, you know. Hmm. I thought I heard some pins falling at one point. It must have been another. a hallucination. Yeah, that'll happen. Uh, Ghosts what, on the lanes. What else will happen? Oh, we also, speaking of value and fun and peoples, um, we're slowly getting reports that are... Uh, packages arrived that we sent out uh, to yes. some of the some of the uh, birthday bashers. Mm-hmm. So it took us about a half a year to get those out. That was fun. Uh, I made it a nice surprise. That's right. <laughs> that's right. It's my fault because I kept finding things I wanted to put in there. Definitely. And uh, we what? got. I I heard. Uh, I caught up. I I got to ca- catch up. Yeah. That's my Monday night stuff. So I heard Boobery opening the. Opening the joy. Yes. He saved it for on air what action. A tr- what a true showman. A showman. A professional. Show moth. Um yes. And lavish as well. There's a there's a few people who were out there who received this. What we received was a nice little uh tasty Kratom drink. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was awesome from Rex Redbone. Mr. Rex Redbone. So we appreciate that. That was a... Uh, it was interesting. It was like a unlabeled bottle. Yes, because he has his professionally labeled bottles coming in after the new year. And mm-hmm. he sent these out end of last year. You know, end of Q4. You know how it goes. So they arrived in these mysterious bottles. And <laughs> they were awesome. Oh, yeah. It's been awesome. It's nice. I'm, I'm, it's surging through my veins as we speak. Same. Can you tell? Are you amped? Can you tell? Kratom? That I'm high on Kratom. I don't know if I can continue with the show. Just kidding. Uh, the, the, my brain has totally been melted it's, by fish tank. Yeah, well. Oh, well. It's been a... <laughs> oh, what I, sorry. What I was going to say about the Kratom is it's like a nice light tea drink. A little bitter, but still, I think it has a good flavor. It's interesting. I never gave much mind to Kratom before. It's never crept my way. I remember when the head shop started carrying it, I tried some out in a capsule form, Mm. and dude said, oh, Kratom can be an upper or a downer. So if you want to go up, take 
I think it was like two. And if you want to go down, take four. <laughs> I was a, like, be an inner or an outer, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted the up feeling. I wanted the energy and the motivation. Yes. And so I had let Rex know that that's what I wanted. And he gave me my dosage. And I thought it was perfect. It really boosts your uh, mental clarity, I would say. Yes. It's uplifting. Uh, and I know it's been very helpful for folks out there. I mean, plant medicine. Yeah. And of course, highly demonized. That's right. Lots of pushes for regulation and total banning of this plant. So. Whoa. Sorry, I got my wires crossed a little bit. Uh, boost's coming in now, though. Sweet. Those are hot. Those are nice. Yeah. Uh, what else do we got going on? Pinball meetup. I mentioned that briefly. We did a No Agenda KC meetup, the last one of the year. Because Pinball Gypsy reached out to me. Which, by the way, is the best way to get a KC meetup on the calendar. Is just ask me when the next one is. <laughs> and bonus points if you have a suggestion of at least a place. A date and a place is primo, but at least a place. If you say, hey, let's do one here, I will make it happen. And that's exactly what happened. She's uh, usually all over the place. In the, uh, you know, all over the country. But she was like, hey, I'm going to be stuck in KC for a while. Let's do a KC one. And so I said, your wish is my command. And we did one at the 403 Club over in Strawberry Hill, uh, downtown KCK. Fun little dive bar. No doubt. Uh, Pinballs, pinball tables, I should say, wall to wall back there. Took the Johnny lad. Yeah, it was uh, John's day with dad. That's right. And... uh, Got a great meetup report out of it. This is the first time I got everybody on the meetup report. Like, I was just, like, proactive about it, you know? Nice. You usually, have to say something. Usually I'm, like, kind of waiting too long, and then once people say, eh, we really got to get going, then I start going, oh, wait, wait, wait. Nah, not this time. I was just like, hey, it's up, it's ready, like, say your shit. And it really worked out. <laughs> cool. Really worked out. So that was a lot of fun. My, uh... My resolution is more New Year's, or excuse me, more more meetups, more KC meetups this year. Okay, so where's the next one? I don't know yet. I don't know yet, but Gabe uh, was there and he gave me a suggestion. I'm going to have to get oh. with him for a reminder because I don't remember the suggestion exactly. Wow. Because, you know. Oh, yeah. It's definitely working now. Coming in. I blame Fish Tank. I blame Fish Tank. Well, that's a lame excuse. I've been bullied into watching Fish Tank. And, um, honestly, I was apprehensive, N- number one, cause I knew it would just be a time suck when I have a lot on my mind and have a lot that I want to accomplish. But then I thought, you know what? I always have a lot on my mind that I want to accomplish, but my friends are really in here, uh, doing the thing. And you know, it, it, it sparked a lot of ideas for me about audience participation, about, live stream and the video aspect of things and just about I don't know like I just kind of see our weird gang on there being uh, I don't know even more lovable and compelling you know totally the small group rocks and I just think it's just I, I was surprised by how culturally relevant the whole experience has been so far you know yeah but don't blame it for anything you just work with it well, the I thing get- the thing is, it's it's uh, whereas I usually go to bed right between like two and three, 
it's been like between 4.30 and 5.30 Jesus. <laughs> uh, oh, my goodness. I'll admit I've fallen asleep with it playing a few times right around between 2 and 3, mm-hmm. uh, which is late for me. That's a late bedtime for me, mm-hmm. but we're making it work. The text line says, uh, what is fish tank? Red alert. Red I think we have a red alert here. Red alert. Uh, lurk more. That's all I can say. That's all I can say. I think there's a gay guy on the text line. Lurk more. Um, what else happened? Oh yeah, Christmas at my sister's. Yes, we had belated Christmas shenanigans. Red alert. It's a red alert. You can't just call the red alert off. There is a gay guy. Warning. A gay guy. Red alert. Slow down. <laughs> that was a serious one. They played it at half the speed. You are the gay guy. I'm sorry. We had a belated Christmas shenanigans at your sister's house with your mom and her husband and your sister's wife. And um, she was kind enough to take photos of the children. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see those. Those yeah, are fantastic. They were so cute. They really hammed it up for everyone, par usual. Yeah. That's what and, they're good at. You know, usually people smile and say cheese when they're taking pictures, but the line of the night from <laughs> the Cubs and the Bolettes was, Johnny needs a fresh one. Johnny needs a fresh one. And that got them giggling every time. And then finally, Rayla, is, you know, she's the oldest. She's got to be the black sheep. <laughs> it was her turn to take some solo pictures, and she was like, Johnny pooped. <laughs> That was her take on the line. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. How crass. Yeah. But silly to everyone. So silly. So um, fun. Yeah. You, you were talking about the fish tank. You're blaming it for stuff. Yeah. For me, it's just background. Well, it's I, company. It's always going. So you cannot, if you need to get shit done, lose yourself in the fish tank. But just like everything, you make it work with you. Like the podcast, you know. Maybe you can't sit down and be in the chat the whole time, which hopefully during Bull After Bull you are in the chat. But you can carry it around on your phone in your back pocket and go to and fro and get the laundry done and do dishes and cook and all sorts of stuff. And that's how Fish Tank is for me. I'm not always watching, but I listen a lot. Mm-hmm. Like a podcast. Well, you know, I could blame myself and my own shortcomings, but that would require a little bit of uh, personal responsibility. And I can just externalize the blame. You know, it makes me feel less bad. Oh, well, I was trying to help you since it's a new year and a new you. And those are things that you tell me that I do too much or so things that I am working on. No, you're, you're totally right. Everything I was afraid of um, was boogeyman bullshit. And uh, I don't know. It's like sucked me in like a black hole. Yeah, it's only four more weeks, guys. And so, yeah, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, make boomers mad. Watch Fish Tank yeah. Life. <laughs> um, I mean, you gotta try it. Also, not peer pressure. Just your turn. Yes. Speaking of your turn, uh, it's our turn to thank you, the bowlers, for keeping this thing rolling down the lanes and into the pins week after week, bowl after bowl. Because we couldn't do it without you. All right, we were speaking about trying to make some improvements and trying to revamp things here in the bowl. And that's what our focus has been since coming back from the grave has just been, how do we take this thing that we do and make it more valuable, make it more fun, make it more interesting, more exciting. 
And it's, it's the motivation behind the value for value cycle. It's so awesome because, uh, out there you guys get the value that you put into it and we're in the same boat. We're getting the value that we put into it. And so that motivates us to step it up directly to make a product that's more and more valuable. And I think that is why, um, I have this nice motivation, this fire in my belly, this drive. And so we thank everybody up front in the show. Because, because you are the show. You produce the show. Exactly. You know, otherwise, it would just be two people talking to a microphone in their basement. And, you know, what's the value in that? It's valuable because of all the bowlers rolling along. And um, we, we thank them up front. We are pulling up the PayPal now, in fact. And we did have a monthly roll-in from Kevin S., all right. Thanks, Kevin S. Of the central coast of California over there. He comes in with five bucks a month. And that hit right on the first, right on time. Uh, so we appreciate that very much. And we also thank the boosters, the boost crew. How do you do, boost crew? We have uh, this nice little program known as Helipad that Dave Jones wrote so that we can actually surface the boostergrams. Uh, without having to dive in and manually decrypt things from a CSV file. You remember the old days? Uh, we'd have to pull up in Excel this crazy uh, spreadsheet. Yeah, and, uh, and people still complain that it's too difficult. We'd have to decrypt decrypt boostograms one boost at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and live boosts, you just forget about it. That didn't uh, That didn't translate, you know? Yeah, that wasn't really a thing until... Dave's first Bulls with Buds appearance. That's right. That's right. So now we got it rocking. Now every time you hear those pins fall over during the show, that's a boost coming in, and there have been several already. We're scrolling back to last week. 1420 sats from Harv Hat. Thank you, our delineator Harv Hat. He lets us know that that's the fade out of the show. And uh, we are continuing on 100 sats from someone actually out of Fountain. Oh, thank you, someone actually. By the way, CurioCaster was the source of Harv Hats. I think I've neglected to say that. Well, uh, you've neglected to say a couple of things, too, because it's a new year, so maybe there's new bowlers out there. What is a boostagram? Okay, so a boostagram is this new stuff, right? Uh, basically, podcasting 2.0. It's a new way of doing podcasting, which is uh, all based upon the podcast index. For more information about that, you can go to podcastindex.org and search over 4 million different podcasts in a open and free, no censorship style index that just is keeping track of all the podcasts for your pleasure. But what also was brought through in podcasting 2.0 was a brand new revamped uh, namespace for the RSS feeds. So we have new tags and hot new features like chapters and transcriptions uh, also, instant value-for-value value payments over the Lightning Network. That's what a boostagram is. Yes, thank you, Bitcoin. So, little tiny pieces of Bitcoin, call them Satoshis, come through Lightning fast instantly over the Lightning Network, and oftentimes there is a message attached to those payments, and that's what we're reading are the boostagrams, these, these messages. Uh, so, really, we've been on this journey for... Wow, uh, three years now. Yeah, 
three full years more. Uh, it was like we hit the three year last month and uh, it's just gotten easier and more exciting over time. And now there's a bunch of different apps. So if you've never messed with Bitcoin all, at all in your life and you've never sent a boostergram at all in your life, this is the year to try it out. You've got four months until the halvening. And uh, what that means is the Bitcoin rewards that miners win whenever they solve a Bitcoin block, it's going to be cut in half yet again, which is always associated with a sharp increase in the uh, value of a single Bitcoin. Since less is being produced every day, uh, the price that the uh, token trades at typically will go up to the next level. It's just historically what has happened. I'm not saying that I'm a schwami schwam predict the future kind of guy. Uh, but all indications and uh, market factors and economic theories would point to that keeping ongoing again. And uh, yeah, you've got about four months give or take, to get in here before that happens. And uh, I predict, I'm going to go out on a limb and predict that you will be glad that you tried it out. Yeah. So what you got to do now is take off all your clothes and go to nudepodcastapps.com and find yourself a player that you want to listen to podcasts on. That's right. Then you can send boosts. Get yourself a little Bitcoin. Uh, if you don't know where to buy it or how to buy it, you can just find a person at your local Bitcoin meetup. Yeah, that's the best route. You can take a $20 bill, hand it to them, and they'll send you some sats. Or uh, send me an email. I can figure it out for you. But however you do it, just make sure that you do it to this song. I'm going to boost some sats. I've got 40000 in my wallet. I'm, I'm, I'm boosting value contribution. This is fucking awesome. It is. It's the future. Oh, yeah. Shit. I love boosters. Love boosters. Thank you for the thorough explanation of Thank value. you. Thank you for pumping my <laughs> brakes and making me say it. You are welcome. Uh, so anyway, someone actually is who I was talking about who sent in 100 sats for the first time out of Fountain. Uh, they boosted episode 290 and said, first time listening, this show kicks ass. Aw, thank you. So thank you. I did reply to that in Fountain. Just saying thanks and welcome and all that good stuff. Thanks for being a bowler, bowler. Uh, another 1,000 sats came in uh, for Podverse. From Podverse, I should say. For episode 290. Anonymous boost. Uh -huh. No note. Well, thanks, Anon. So, uh, appreciate the 1K. Made my day. Lots of homegrown hits that I'm going to scroll by, but we definitely like the uh, homegrown hits boosts. Yep. Every Thursday. 7 p.m. Central. Mary-Kate Ultra and I, along with Daisy B. Cooper, when she shows up and isn't MIA stealing planes and shit. Yeah, you know. Playing those demu hits that you love. Then planes ain't going to steal themselves, you know. It's true. Uh, Oyston Berge coming in next. 2024 sats out of Podverse. Oh, thank you. He boosted episode 290 and said, Happy New Year's, bowlers. Can you please explain what the boost bot actually does? Oh. Um, I can't explain what it does under the hood, but what I can explain is the boost bot propagates the boost messages in IRC chats and on Mastodon, depending on which one you install and how you install it and run it. Uh, I'm still ironing out some issues with getting that reinstalled on my machine. I thought for sure I would have it back up and running, but, uh, 
I've tried many different Python installs and I'm just missing some package, some mystery package. So I'm trying to track down with C-dubs what the heck could be going on. What am I possibly missing? Uh, but we'll get it back up and running. And then I'll write it all down this time. Like I didn't last time. Oh, documentation. I've got a nice little file for everything I'm supposed to do. And I've, I've reinstalled it many times, but now it just doesn't like me. Mm. You know, deprecated packages, man. It's like the uh, developer's woes. It's always what it comes down to. It's always what it comes down to. Um, defecated packages. Defecated. <laughs> this package is shit. I wanted to just read one. I, I feel like we should put together like a, one of those back of the book type review compilations for the calendar. But um, I thought that his was pretty funny. Let me see if I can find it on the fly here. Um, oh, that would be great. I know somebody said happy new year to me. Um, what did he say? I'm trying to find it. Damn it. Um, I believe it was, that was more daring than I expected. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Which I thought was my goal for my, uh, Oh, I have it right here. Yes. His too. This is even more daring than I thought. Thank you for your courage and a happy new year to the both of you. Very nice. Yes. And uh, I think that's a goal for my uh, my tombstone. <laughs> Here lies Spencer. More daring than we thought. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, appreciate you. Appreciate you. Uh, the Baron of Rotterdam there. Big time. Next up, 4269 sats came in from Harvad over CurioCaster. He likes to boost when we hit the pod ping and let the whole world know that the show is live, which we do right after the kind of warm-up musical intro that we do. Yeah, it's lit. We light that lit sign, uh, and we get lit. So thank you for the lit boost. Next up is Bowley Steed. Woo! She's boosting from Podverse. 3333 sats. All right. Thanks, Bowley Steed. And uh, she says, let's bowl in 2024. There will be much bowling. Yeah, I got a bowl for you right here. Oh, yeah. There you go. And uh, actually, here's a blessing from Dame Jennifer to you, Bully Steed. May your bowls burn ever brighter. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, Booberry sends a boob in himself. That's 8008. Oh, and uh, Captain Danger Man, he's got three PNGs here linked with a smiley D face. And so I'm going to have to take a look at these PNGs and see what they are. Let's see. This first one is uh, looking like a... Is that a diagram? Diagram for a lighting setup here or a live, oh. live setup. So I see kind of cameras and lights it's looking like, or maybe it's all lights. Uh, yeah, I'm too retarded to know 100%, uh, but I think this is a lighting setup. Genie lift. Schematic. Rub the lamp. Here's the upstage wall, and I definitely recognize a silhouette of a drum set. Now that, you can't sneak one by me. I, I know a drum set when I see one. There's not many things I've actually been trained on how to do, but drumming is one of them. One of the few. Everything else I've just kind of learned by getting in the car and driving. Yeah. And uh, hitting and running, you know? And you learn a lot all yeah. the time. You're jack of all trades. You gotta change seems. your license plate frequently. But uh, yeah, it works out. Yes, all lights. 
All lights, baby, says Booberry. Man, these lights are really lighting me up. If you know what I'm saying? I do. I told Booberry I want some kind of actual fire mm. as part of it, like pyrotechnics. Yeah. You ever see the streamer who does like uh, the full freak out whenever he gets uh, the kill streak or whatever? And he's got like a DJ setup with a pyrotechnic like fire tower next to him. And oh, man. I have not seen that streamer. The first thing that comes to my mind when you say pyrotechnics is the station nightclub fire in Rhode Island. That was big news uh, <laughs> back in 2003. Yeah, 15-year-old Twitch streamer throws a rave when he gets a kill. If you search that, you'll find it. This is him. Yeah, this is him. See oh, that? hell See yeah. See fire tower behind him? And all the laser beams? Yeah, that's dope. I need lasers and I need actual fire. So yeah, hmm. that that that's what I want to do. I just want to be able to have people trigger that through boosts. You know? Definitely. Like if you have a f- like a 5 digit boost or some threshold boost, you know, like you you get some kind of visual reaction. You know? Yeah, that fire tube was awesome. I love the fire tube and it's just sitting in his clearly like Six foot ceiling attic bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, man, we could we could set things on fire in here. Definitely. We got plenty of room for fire. More fire. That's another New Year's resolution for me. 2024 is gonna have more fire. Yeah. Fire toys always looked fun to me. Fire spinning and such. We're gonna play with more fire. Uh thank you, Boobery. Thank you, boobs. You inspirational son of a bitch. Um, next up, Reverend Cyber Trucker. Rev. Uh and I think that I have scrolled on accident. Okay, let me let me read scroll here. Rescroll. Rescroll. Yes, Rev Cybertrucker is coming in. 6969. 69, 69, Woo! Which uh you know what that means. 69! 69, 69, dudes! He says, New Year, new bowl. Here's to many more. Well, cheers, Rev. Thank you, Rev. And uh, Rev's New Year's resolution is to pick that calendar up that he won. Oh, yeah. Uh, a Bowley Steed boost again. All right. Thanks, Bowley Steed. This one also comes from Podverse 3333. Good old Podverse. Um, I don't know why. It's this New Year throwing me off, I think. I promise I won't blame Fish Tank. Okay. But I've, I'm, I'm missing the apps every time. Missing the apps. Like yeah. when you read the boost, you're I not saying where it's coming I'm, I'm from. I'm forgetting the apps. Booberry boosted from Boost CLI. Oh, the most sovereign way to boost. Yeah. You can run a CLI app on your own node and just boost directly to the podcasts. You don't have to go through any other app. You don't have to pay any fees. You don't have to do any extra stuff. You can just, it turns out like an RSS feed has all the data you need to interact with everything. Amazing. And so you can just go directly to the source of truth and boost that. Incredible. Uh, so Boobery's out there doing the work. The 6969 from Rev came from Fountain. And this bully steed, we're back to Podverse. Okay. I swear I'm going to get my shit together. See, you've got options, bowlers, Promise. if you've never boosted before. I think the real problem is we're not behind the curtain yet. Huh. Tell me about just it. Kind of, <laughs> just kind of on the ground level, you know? Yep. And just not quite... Uh, we can elevate the show is what I'm saying. Uh, bully steed, by the way, uh, she says... CPR the boost bot. Oh man, I wish I could. CPR the boost bot. Um, if I mouth to mouth my nook over here, or whatever the hell it is, my optiplex, am 
my little mini PC. Yeah. I, I feel like things could go wrong. This isn't like a Nintendo cartridge that you can just blow on it and it starts working. <laughs> um, I thought it might be and I tried, but it turns out it's still down. Still not uh, installing. So I'm, 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 in, I'm in deep, detailed talks about it mm. with the back office. And uh, we will get it sorted, I promise. I promise. Um, finally, catch us up to now. There's a thousand sats in here coming from Fountain. It is Frankie Paint. <gasps> Frankie Paint. Frankie Paint says, Thank you. Live, laugh, lurk. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Words, Cheers. Words to lurk by. <laughs> <laughs> words to lurk by. That's right. Um... So thank you all boosters and throughout the show, we can still uh, read some boosts as we come in because we always hear them with all the pins smacking down. But of course the PayPal, the boostergram, that's not where value starts and stops. There's much more um, to this whole universe of value for value. There's more ways to interact. It's not all just dollars and cents, sats and Bitcoin. That's right. First and foremost is the chat. All you have to do is pound bull after bull on the zero node IRC, or you can go to the bull after bull website and find a link, a hot link, and get in there. That's right. Just we, click uh, listen live. Yeah, we keep the chat open throughout the show, and all of the bullers in there are producing in real time, along with the boostograms that they send. You can also... Pass the bowl to someone you believe will enjoy it. That's very simple. You just say, hey, check out this podcast, Bowl After Bowl. I think you'll like it. Or you can just say, Bowl After Bowl, bowlafterbowl.com. Just over and over. Yeah. Nobody knows what you're talking about. You just say, bowlafterbowl.com. You can take one ISO to the island, and that's the one you chose. Bowlafterbowl.com. There you go. In Dave Jones' voice. Or we have a voicemail line. And it's always available, and you can call it or text it any time. But if you don't know what to say, we offer a topic, a first-time-I-ever topic, week after week, bowl after bowl. And this week, we want to hear about the first time you ever kept a resolution. So all you have to do is pick up your phone and... Call 816-607-3663. And the play of wars will long. That's right. We don't screen them either. We just play them. And if you're in a dead zone or voice shy, you can always text us or send picture messages. We love uh, riddles. You know, send us a riddle in the form of a picture and we'll try to solve it here. We do love riddles. Here's a riddle. Uh, Is it about why boosts aren't coming through on the fountain app? Yeah. What What's the maximum bigness for a successful fountain boost? That's my mm. riddle that I'm well, trying to be riddled we by. we saw 6969 come in from Rev, so that's a solid number. I saw 14444 come into Homegrown Hits, mm-hmm. and so that's a number. I don't know. I don't know. We're having reports of failed boosts in the chat. Multiple reports, by the way, from multiple bowlers. So uh, if you're boosting from Fountain, um, always try to double check your wallet. And your wallet boost history should have a a list of the splits and if they're green or red. 
Yes. And a red one to the bull after bull node with my name on it will mean I didn't see it or won't be able to see it. And then the boost bot node is currently still on hiatus. I have not heard word on when um, he will be returning. I'm not sure. Just not sure. So um, until then, I'm, I'm, uh, I've put some reports in and I will, I will uh, send Oscar another report tomorrow on the morrow. This is why I definitely suggest though, playing with multiple podcasting 2.0 apps and having your sats spread out in a bunch of different wallets because these failures do happen. Agreed. Yeah. It's good to spread them out. And I don't like we, we've been trying to figure the fountain thing out. I think that, um, the millennial media offensive had a lot of fountain frustrations associated with their episode 100. Yes. Cause a lot of people were trying to send large amounts through fountain. And for whatever reason, I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. Even by the way, I noticed very ironically, even boosts to direct fountain wallets were failing. Yeah. And like, what's that all about? Right. I guess a route can't be found, but that's pretty ridiculous that you're boost fountain from fountain. They don't have like routes (laughs) and at all to themselves. (laughs) So what's that all about? That one's, uh, it's baffling. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I just try to put this stuff together. I do my best here. And, um, if you've got reports or, uh, bug reports, please send them to Spencer at bullafterbull.com. Screenshots are helpful too. So that we can pass those along to Oscar and uh, figure things out. Or Yeah, I was going to say, even you directly can contact the app makers and curators true. out there. This is true, too. If you want to directly catch Oscar, mostly he's active on Telegram. But if you don't want to deal with all that bullshit and you'd like me to do it for you, I can also do that. I don't know, man. I just work here, says Weirdo in the chat. Oh, he also made a thing. Oh, a thing was made. Let's listen blindly. Why not? Okay. Brought to you by Pfizer. At Pfizer, our goal is to create a healthier tomorrow. Side effects may include altered taste, diarrhea, high blood pressure, fever, stiff muscles, and confusion, muscle aches, abdominal pain, nausea, and feeling unwell, problems urinating, genital yeast, or urinary tract infections, usual mood changes, behaviors, or suicidal thoughts, nausea, diarrhea, vomiting, decreased appetite, and indigestion, itching, rash, or trouble breathing. Some side effects can lead to dehydration, which may worsen kidney problems. Serious side effects may include pancreatitis, severe stomach pain, uncontrollable muscle movements. These may be permanent. <laughs> Parasitic infection. A rare life-threatening <laughs> bacterial infection in the skin of the perineum could occur. Mouth or tongue swelling. <laughs> or worsening heart failure. Not the blood, liver, and nervous system problems. Serious, sometimes fatal infections and cancers, including lymphoma, have happened. These are not all the serious side effects. <laughs> Wowie Sally, what a great supercut. Oh yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite parts with these pharma commercials is the soothing voices that they use as they tell you how likely you are to die. I, and the party music going on in the background. Yeah. Yeah, could- tainted taint. Woo! <laughs> Look at this lady. She's riding a bike. This lady's roller skating. This grandma is playing with her grandkids. But, you know, parasitic infection and paralysis could occur. Well, luckily for you, bowlers, we've got the antidotes called bowlafterbowl.com. That's right. Get all of the uh, gross side effects out. And uh, just the good ones, man. Just the groovy side effects. I do uh, just want to quickly again 
before you move on, shout out Rex Redbone for sending us that awesome Kratom juice. Yes. It was tasty and awesome. And at the end of the last episode, I shouted out Pfeiffer because he sent you some ports. That's right. We got a big fat switch from Pfeiffer. So thank you, sir. We appreciate that very much. This, this is what I'm talking about with value for value. You know, we've traveled around and couch crashed. We've been able to provide the same to travelers. Um, we just got a switch in the mail. This Motu I've been running off of for like two years now is from C Mike who donated that to the show. Like value for value, it goes way deeper than just, oh, I'm going to send you X amount of sats per month. Buy me a coffee, right? Like, yeah. There's so much more to life that has value than a cup of coffee. And so that's why we live the value for value lifestyle. We keep it open ended and we ask you to evaluate it. So just think about it. It all really comes back to the first rule. First rule of being a smoker is it's bad manners to keep bumming all the damn time. That's all it's about. It's very simple. Very simple concept. Uh so lurk more, faggot. You'll you'll understand. You'll understand. If you're new, it's okay. It can all be overwhelming and weird and um, we sound like a bunch of retards. It's not because we aren't, uh, but it's just because this is all, you know, kind of a strange little world that we live in. But it makes nothing but sense. Cha-ching! So, yeah, this is usually where I smoothly roll into a different segment, but let's make it, like, purposefully awkward. Okay. This week, just because, like, I don't know. (laughs) transitions man like everyone says you gotta have a nice transition or a smooth segue but i think like not always yeah oh i can really make you want to build a node oh yeah because i want to build another node last that we bold I told everyone I was going to move my umbral over to some beefier hardware. Mm-hmm. I've been running an umbral node on a Raspberry Pi, and I got a Dell Optiplex uh, to move it to, over to. And, you know, I thought that'd be great. More speed, more ability, more beef for my node. Uh, but then I was reading, the, or trying to read documentation into how to transfer an umbral over to different hardware and i decided that i think i'm just gonna build a new node from scratch with this hardware i don't think i want to risk it and i also have pending closing channels still sure so yeah you just want to make sure that that is still around to be fully finalized before you do something crazy on a new drive and a new yeah especially if you want to use the same old drive like I, I read a Darth Coin post about that, too. He was just like, hey, why don't you just start from fresh scratch? And that would be the easiest, best way to make sure that nothing gets screwed up. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I'm feeling. Just, I, I kind of want to um, run a start nine also. Interesting. I want to change. Okay. I thought about a raspy blitz, too, so I could really get under the hood and look around. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Start nine seems so simple. So user-friendly. It is... uh, Almost plug-and-play. It's the ones that the moms will boost from. Mm, My prediction is... uh, And Umbral. Many moms are going to be boosting from Start 9s. Mm, Sexy. It's where the moms are at. First time I ever heard mention of Start 9 was uh, Survival Podcast. Jack Uh, Jack Spierko was talking about it. Um, 
pretty early on, pretty early on in their uh, earlier days. I'd never heard of that node implementation before. So I was like, oh, interesting. And I, I would like to say I had two years of my umbral up and running with no issues. All I had to yeah. do was tap a button to update and restart it, and it was good to go. The, now, every once in a while, the updates came in. The biggest challenge right now, by far, is the hyphy environment on chain. That's right. Because if your channels go down or get forced closed, it's just expensive. And so I think people are being more reluctant to open channels, and like channels are slower uh, to open in general. And then, uh, I don't know, like you're seeing, this is what I'm seeing on the network is more nodes coming online, but fewer channels, less capacity. Hmm. So this is kind of the dichotomy. Um, those pins that you just heard was from Trashman out of Fountain 100 Sats. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thanks, Trashman. Little trash for 2024. Big trash. We send big trash in to defeat the small trash on bowl after bowl. So we appreciate you. Trashman. Uh, Trashman. Let's see what else is going on. Oh, I had a, a wonderful call and kind of got to digitally meet the Costellos. Oh, uh, Julie Costello, Ainsley's mom, set the call up. And so we talked a little bit about node building strategies, and they already have a voltage node. Nice. So we were kind of talking through things. Basically, she's had great success, obviously, that we've talked about for her uh, two live concerts. And the issue that she's running into now is that on these custodial services, Fountain, Albi, et cetera, she's kind of surpassing their maximum that you can have comfortably in a wallet, right? Sure. Which gets a little cramped and a little interesting because when you're working with custodians, you know, they don't want to have a whole shitload of money that isn't theirs on their node. And I, it's hard to blame them. I wouldn't want a bunch of somebody else's money on my node, right? Like if something happens to the node god forbid like i'm comfortable and i know that i can get that shit right i know that even in the worst case uh scenario i've been able to restore and get back to the sats wherever they may be right yes absolutely so i'm calm and comfortable with it but when it's somebody else's money what are you gonna say to them you know like, you just gotta wait just, it out. just wait another week okay just wait another week next week just wait another week like uh, it, it could happen or you're just in this weird weight loop, especially in a high, high fee environment like right now. So I get it. I get people being nervous and being like, look, I don't want to hold your sats. You should hold your sats. It's a good advice. It means that you're with a custodian that actually has your best interests at heart. Um, so we we're kind of discussing, you know, what's, the, what's the alternative? What should I do? Albi, because they've changed a few things uh, on their back end, is uh, it's not super clear how to necessarily get those lightning sats out into an on-chain situation. Uh, it used to be mm. as simple as you could just plug in a on-chain Bitcoin address and they would swap it for you behind the scenes, which was brilliant. Uh, but I don't know. It apparently wasn't that cost-effective or something because... Now, when you try to do that, they will show you a few different swap services and they basically suggest you use one of those swap services. So what a swap service does is allows you to make a lightning payment and receive Bitcoin on chain for a fee. You pay the on chain transaction fee plus a little fee to them for making it happen, basically. 
which is another way to do it. But I thought probably one of the best ways would be just send it to yourself on your own node over Lightning. And that would be the way to do it f- the fastest with the fewest fees. And so, uh, we, we talked about it for a long time. The hardware issue, what, what's nice about Voltage and the service that they provide, Voltage was our very first node ever. And it's sort of like a rental node. Like if you're renting an apartment versus being a homeowner, you can pay Voltage a monthly or annual fee and they will spin you up a non-custodial node, right? So you're the only one with the keys to the thing. Yeah. But it's on their equipment. It's on their computers. It's on their physical hardware. So that offloads some of the responsibility. It makes it so you don't have to worry about uptime and you don't have to worry about certain things. Uh, but there is a cost associated with that. So it kind of depends. You have to take into account how much you're really receiving in any given month if that's worth it. Uh, another way and why we decided the long-term thing was to run it on your own machines is that once you build the machine, it's up and going. There's no more monthly fees that you're paying. There's no more, you know, electricity cost is just to keep a computer turned on in your house. Like that's, it's not like a Bitcoin miner that's using a lot of electricity to solve proof of work. Um, and find, you know, find nonces and solve blocks. It's just a plain old computer. It's validating the transactions as they come in, but it's not actually trying to guess the next block like a miner would be. So that's the route we went, and that is still what I recommend. Um, It's been universally declared to be too hard for an entry-level person. I have my own opinions on that. I do too. Uh, It's bullshit. Because I was an entry-level person too, and I did it. And people just point at me and say, well, you're technically inclined and I'm not. <laughs> what? That's like the only thing I really can say to those kinds of uh, pushbacks are. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. It's like a based in opinion thing. Like if you decide that you're going to do it, you will do it. And if you decide that you can't, then you've decided that you can't. And so you can't like you're right. It's not like I can argue with you. If you say that you can't do it, then like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. But what I'm telling you is that it can be done by anybody. Yeah. And uh, all you have to do is follow instructions like most projects. That's right. And I've had people get in there and not follow instructions and just try to bootstrap things on different machines and they just start installing this and this and that. All of a sudden they got Bitcoin QT because they downloaded Bitcoin core from Bitcoin.org. And then they're like, how do I make this into a lightning node? And then they start putting Umbral on and they start putting start night on. And oh boy, one error, they just jump to a whole different thing. And it's like, there, there's also, there's also a sane walkthrough that you can just follow. Like there's several different walkthroughs depending on, you know, the OS that you're going through and what your hardware is and all these different things. So like, there's a lot of different considerations to make, but if we just communicate, get a game plan in place, and then execute the game plan, don't be one of those people that burns a casserole and then blames the oven. <laughs> okay? If you follow the recipe, it's probably going to ta- uh, taste pretty good. But you know, the oven, it's just, a, it's just a machine. It gets as hot as you need it to get, however you set, and then you, you, know, you got to watch the timer. 
Got to make sure that you're not putting it way up high on the top rack, doing crazy stuff. You know, one step at a time, people. One step at a time. But yeah, it's just a decision. It's a decision you're going to make. If you decide you can do it, then you're right. If you decide it's too much for you, well, then you're also right. Uh, but I can tell you, because I've been doing this for a while, that the longer you try the other shit and get frustrated, I, I'll still be here. You can come on back and I'll still show you. I won't even say I told you so. Because like, I don't really care about that kind of shit. All I care about is more node operators in 2024. Yeah. And that's the beauty, too, of the network. Like, if there's more of us, we can help each other out in the background. If your channel goes down and you need inbound in a hurry, you could put out a message and say, hey, hey, I need some channels. I don't have any inbound. Or, oh, my channels are unbalanced. Instead of rebalancing them, you can just close some and ask for new ones. I'm happy to open channels to podcasters because I know you get boosts. So it's good for me to have you as a channel. See what I'm saying? We can work together. That's one of the parts, uh, one of the old points and benefits of decentralization is that if we build our own little network here, we don't have to worry about what everybody else has going on and if it's up and if it's running. Like we, we have ours. See? Yep. See what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? Connection is protection. Goes for nodes too, people. Goes for nodes too. So does this mean the Costellos are building nodes now? So they already had a voltage node and I, uh, I think that their conclusion is like, let's just stick with that. Oh, okay. I think that's a good conclusion to have because yeah. it's the same thing. Okay, so if you have a node, uh, a voltage node, and if you have a node at your house on a computer, they both do all of the same stuff pretty much. There are a few uh, exceptions or limitations on like the software that you can add or the applications you can add to voltage, and it's been more than two years since I was over there, so I don't know what they got going on nowadays. But, you know, it's they're only adding stuff. It's not like they're trimming it down or taking away anything. So the main point is to be able to open channels and make payments and receive payments, both on-chain and off-chain, right? That's the whole point of the on-chain, off-chain cocaine shit stain is we're talking about these concepts and kind of trying to, just through exposure, um educate people and it sounds like babbledy boop at first right it yeah. sounds like what the hell are you talking about what's an on chain off chain how do i send my how do i my favorite one i hear a lot <clears throat> how do i turn these sats into bitcoin right hmm. and like they're already bitcoin they are always bitcoin whether they're on the chain or they're off the chain they're always bitcoin so there's just a lot of a lot of education to be done but people are not going to understand it until they get in cars and drive around on streets. That's right. You can't just read the owner's manual and then like it clicks. No. There's no muscle memory built in the owner's manual. The owner's manual does not describe how to make a smooth stop at a red light. You just have to use your foot and kind of feel that one out. And you got to, you know, jerk your passengers around a couple times before you get it done. That's how it goes. How it goes. But anyway, my main point for all of this nonsense is that we are here to help you. And guide you through it. If it doesn't make sense at first, you just got to keep going. Just got to keep going. Yep. Just get in the car and drive. And that's what we're going to do. This is going to keep going. Uh, I'm going to keep the headlines short because I don't want to, you know, get too ridiculous. But there are a few interesting rollouts. For most part, it's pretty quiet uh, over the holidays. But I did see a new tool that uh, Jameson Lop 
rolled out. It's an unspendable UTXO calculator. Dust UTXOs, dust Bitcoin. Uh, so this is UTXO management guidance for avoiding foot guns that can cause problems during times of high transaction fees. What is an economically unspendable Bitcoin, Spencer, you're asking me? So UTXOs, it stands for unspent transaction outputs. That's really, if you could, if you could whittle down in the code and really hone in on what are the actual Bitcoins, what are they? What is a Bitcoin? Where is it? Uh, it is in an in a UTXO. The UTXO just says that this private key has the authority to send this amount of Bitcoin anywhere on the network, right? And so when you make a on-chain transaction or a layer one transaction with Bitcoin, you're basically signing a payment. You're signing that transaction with your private key and you're saying, I authorize this payment. I authorize this Bitcoin to go here. When we make payments uh, over time, we might see a big balance in our wallet because a wallet, a Bitcoin wallet, will just show you the total amount of Bitcoin that you're allowed to spend with your one private key uh, or multi-sig if you're multiple private keys. It will show you all of the UTXOs kind of in a lump sum because that's how we think and that's how that's what makes sense. But these may be multiple UTXOs that represent multiple different amounts of Bitcoin. Think of it like dollar bills and different coins in your pocket, right? I've got $47.12, but that might be like a 2210s, a 521s, etc. You know, like it's broken up into smaller pieces and my total amount is this total amount. For every uh, on-chain transaction, you have to pay a transaction fee. And that transaction fee is basically an open auction. The higher the fee you pay, the more incentive a miner has to put you in the next block when they solve it. And so the fees on-chain are just determined by how many people are sending transactions and how eager they are to get those transactions through. It's kind of an aggregate thing. Right, So the markets really decide what the on-chain fees are. They've been relatively high for the past, well, most of 2023, really. For months and months, they've been rather high. Uh, lots of different reasons, one of them being ordinals kind of shitting up the chain, another of them being uh, hype from number go up, mm -hmm. makes people send things around. Another being that just a lot of tools that have been built over the years to send Bitcoin on-chain automatically calculate these fees based upon whatever the current environment happens to be. And so sometimes you'll see ridiculously high fees being paid. Like in the next block, for instance, I'm seeing a transaction where somebody has uh, put almost 1,600 sats per virtual byte. Jeez. Uh, which is going to result in uh, almost 600,000 sats of a fee. Wow. They're not using SegWit. They're not using Taproot. So they're not using like the latest technology. Mm. But they're sending a whole shitload. They're sending a full Bitcoin, it looks like. Just about. Um, Actually, it does look like a full. Wow. So anyway. Yeah, but they're paying 600,000 sats. You're paying 600,000 sats to get it done and they don't have to. <sighs> but for whatever reason, you know, like it's it's mainly speculation as to why these things happen. But uh, a good deal of it is that if you're just clicking on a user interface and you're hitting send, you might not have the option to set the fee yourself. 
it's another reason why we like running nodes because you have more granular control over all these transactions. You can say, well, I want to pay this exact fee and I'm willing to wait a little bit longer, you know, for my, for my payment to go through. If I'm opening a channel with lightning, I can afford, I can afford to wait all weekend. I can afford to wait a week if I need to. So I don't need this big, crazy panic fee. Yeah. And it's a vicious cycle. The more people paying the higher fees makes the calculations go up, makes the automation calculate a higher fee for automated payments, etc. So these things rise and fall. It is definitely something that needs to be worked out across the network, but being decentralized, it's going to take lots of different people in different nooks and crannies of this whole in ecosystem to solve their own shit piece by piece. So it's a thing that will naturally evolve and become better over time. But during the high fee environments, let's get back to uh, these dust UTXOs. When we are in a high fee environment, sometimes I've got a minimum, like to get into the next block, I got to pay at least 74 sats per virtual byte. Oof. Which means it's going to cost me oh, I don't know, let's say a couple thousand sats to send a transaction. Minimum. That's if it's really tiny, no data in it, no ordinal bullcrap, just a regular, I'm just sending money use case. If the fee costs more than what the UTXO is worth, that's what's considered an economically unviable or economically unspendable Bitcoin. Meaning, I have this UTXO, it's for 2,000 sats, but in order to send it, I got to pay 3,000 sats. It's not going to work. And so this is a little calculator that helps you kind of f- figure out which uh, of your UTXOs are unspendable. It's also good practice, by the way. It's called UTXO management. You can manually roll these together. There are strategies to kind of consolidate your UTXOs into bigger chunks, which is really good. Be like turning in all of your $1 bills at the end of a good night of stripping into several hundred dollar bills. Just a good move. You know, you don't have to carry all that shit around. So this uh, link, I'll have actually a link to Jameson's blog, blog.lop.net. I'll have a link to this uh, economically unspendable UTXOs because you had a whole write-up about it and he explains it much better than I do in terms of what they are and then also, of course, links to his new tool, so that uh, you can figure out if you have unspendable UTXOs. And then you're going to want to consolidate those, man. Every once in a while, just consolidate your UTXOs. It's good practice. Good practice to take care of that stuff. Also, this is my last thing, and then I'm going to kick it. The big milestone was hit by the Whirlpool, Samurai Whirlpool. Uh, Their unspent capacity surpasses 10,000 Bitcoin. Wow. So Whirlpool is a uh, coin mixer where you can basically perform coin joins and reclaim some privacy and some um, more pseudonymity. Pseudonymity? God damn it. I, I'm so bad at saying that fucking word. But basically, uh, you, you do these coin joins. They are transactions you participate with other people in where we are kind of all making different payments of the same amount and obscuring the history of where these coins came from. So for instance, if you buy Bitcoin from Coinbase, or if you buy Bitcoin from another online exchange, Strike, uh, any 
any exchange that asks you who you are before they let you buy Bitcoin, is, they are following the United States' Know Your Customer Laws, KYC. And so the United States says, if you're going to sell people these cryptocurrencies, you have to get their information so that we can track them. And so a response to this has been coin joins where uh, people can mix these coins in these uh, history obfuscating transactions where it becomes more difficult to determine even if we know for sure that this Bitcoin came from Coinbase at some point, it goes into the mixer and then it becomes very difficult to track where it went after it goes into the mixer, right? So currently there are over 10,000 Bitcoin just sitting in the whirlpool mixing around and getting even more anonymous for lack of a, of a super technical explanation. We just We try to keep the shit staying top level, you know? I don't know how good I do at that, but I'm trying. I'm trying to make a concentrated effort to not uh, word mouth vomit diarrhea on it. So yeah, that's a very cool thing to see because basically what it means is more and more people are understanding uh, the benefit to not being tracked by chain analysis companies and to, you know, the, the more people that participate in this whirlpool, the better it gets. And so that's what's really nice. It's uh, basically $425 million worth of Bitcoin that is uh, mixing up in there and getting more anonymous every day. Yeah, that's great. Hide that history. Hide that history. Well, it's no mystery where I want to hide next. I want to hide over in my favorite segment. Top 333. All right. Magic number sightings. They slow down during the holidays also. It's nice. It's so nice. Because it can be really alarming when there's 33, 33 stories. You no know? doubt. It's like, yeah. oh, oh, what are they planning? Something big is going to happen. Working too hard. But this week, the big story with the magic number in it comes from, you know, some of the latest editions of war games we see going on at the moment. And the Daily Saba reported on it first. With the headline, 33 nabbed over Mossad's abduction plot in Turkey. Or as they wrote it, Turkey yay. So they picked up 33 people on suspicion of being spies. Nabbed. Nabbed them. Nabbed in the dark. It's a great word, nab. Yeah, it is. It's way better than nag. Nabbed. Well, my next 33 story comes from Ghana, where 33 people were killed in road accidents during the Christmas season. How long is the Christmas season? I don't know. It was very vague. Thanks, News Ghana, for all the details. But uh, the sad when anyone's killed in a road accident, that's a shitty way to go. 33 people, though, over the whole season. Hmm, probably not bad. I don't know. <laughs> not really keeping my thumb on the pulse of road accidents. Who was a pedestrian? Who was in a vehicle? These are questions and mysteries that remain. And finally, a 33-year-old woman was arrested in the UK uh, with 2,400-pound sterling's worth of weed and Valium. The Valium was worth a lot more than the weed, as you might have guessed. But yeah, that's, uh, that was a bummer, man. Someone called in an anonymous tip on her ass. Mm. And then they went and nabbed her to bring the word back. So she 
is facing drug supply charges. And I need my bowl's worth of drug supply, so let's go behind the curtain. Oh, yeah. Because, ugh. I'm ready. My body is ready. Yeah. Now, this is just a beautiful beaded curtain that anyone who lays their eyes upon it can see through and behind. You know, it's not really hiding much. It's just there for effect. That's right. You know, separate the adult things. Adult things. The danger zone. Yeah. I don't know. We're naked up front, too, though, so. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? My buddy's not a crime, man. (laughs) But weed is still federally illegal. Like, really yeah. bad. Schedule one on the Controlled Substances Act, so. The know. more the more legal it gets, the more illegal it stays. <laughs> yeah. Shh. They don't want you to know that. But it's a new year, and you know what that means? New laws going into effect. Oh, yeah. Yeah, California and Washington had some similar ones uh, regarding anti-discrimination when it comes to workers. So in California... Employees are now prohibited from asking job applicants about their past pot usage. Uh, And most of them are barred from penalizing employees who lawfully use weed outside of the job. Of course, the exceptions here are if you need a federal background check or security clearance on the job, or if you're in the building and construction trade. Then in Washington, this new law that went into effect protects workers from facing employment discrimination during the hiring process over lawful pot use. See? Same thing. Just slightly different words. They're not prohibited from asking about it. They just can't count you out because you use weed. I say use now. I used to always say smoke weed, but it seems like as my normie temperature thermometer was going off this weekend, a majority of folks prefer edibles and vape pens, cartridges. It's like carts and edibles. That's what I'm seeing anytime I step out of the stoner circle and into the waking life. We know the real ones. Smoke weed every day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Then in Nevada, a law went into effect which doubles the possession limit. So this is good news. Used to be you were limited to an ounce of flour and that's gone up more than double. You can have two and a half ounces now. But, you know, any more of that and then you're a criminal. <laughs> yeah. So don't you dare go over two and a half ounces. It's, uh, we have a word for that, right? It's a step yes. in the right direction after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. Yeah, and that law was signed into effect last June. I guess it didn't take effect. I used the wrong word there. Till now, January 1st. But it was signed in June by Governor Joe Lombardo. Mm. It also upped the possession limit for concentrates from an eighth to a quarter ounce. Good news. Hot damn. Um, Also in Nevada, recreational retail shops are now authorized to sell to medical patients without having to get a separate license. Wow. This, <laughs> It's such an eye roller, right? You sell weed. Some people have a prescription for it. Some people don't, but it's state legal. And then you're telling me you can't sell to the patients because you didn't procure two different licenses, but it's the same weed. It's such a racket. Eye roller. 
I'm real sick of it. I'll tell you what. It's your government at work, you know. And, you know, God forbid they got caught selling to a medical patient, oh right? God. Then they would face fines. So and they, dumb. They're already penalized for being a pot shop when it comes to federal taxes. Yep. But here we are. Here we are. Regulators also in Nevada are no longer able to issue or renew medical licenses after the first. And fees for licensing applications and renewals have been reduced. How kind of them. How kind. The Nevada Cannabis Compliance Board has also been given discretion to approve licenses to key stakeholders of weed companies with prior convictions. That's right. Social equity, getting a little boost here, but specifically for those who have weed on their rap sheet. The veterans get up in arms when this happens. Yeah. You know, they're like, hey, we should be social equity applicants also. And, you know, everyone was affected by the war on drugs. I don't really like taking small groups or even large groups, any groups at all, and favoring them, showing favoritism. But, you know, we can't have a free market. Right. So this is what we're playing with. The Cannabis Advisory Commission in Nevada, under the same law, see how many tentacles grow out of this one bill that got signed? Mm-hmm. They have to carry out a study into the potential effects that removing weed from the Federal Controlled Substances Act would have on the industry, as well as removing it from the state's Uniform Controlled Substances Act, where it's also Schedule 1, red alert, worst substance ever, most dangerous. Um, And this all stems from a court ruling where a county court deemed that the state designation of marijuana as a Schedule 1 drug was unconstitutional since legalization occurred, but the State Board of Pharmacy decided to appeal the ruling. And so that's still up in the air. And this study is supposed to act as court evidence, I guess. So it all works in tandem for this big monster of legalization. And, yeah, Big Pharma trying to keep its grasp on things. How can we patent plants? Well, you can pull certain compounds out of them. They really enjoy doing that. Demonize some, pull them out, extract them, put them into pills, and it's all better. Womp womp. Oh, I know they make all these manufacturing arrests, and meanwhile, like they're trying to figure out how to manufacture products out of weed because you have to manufacture in order to patent anything. Yeah, and the manufacturing arrest more times than none is someone growing weed from a seed to a plant. Yeah, explain how that's manufacturing anything. Mm. I can't. I can't. I would. You but can't, I can't. I know. Yeah. You know, sometimes there are people extracting. Uh, into concentrates and I guess you can call it manufacturing I don't know I hate that word manufacturing it makes me think of you're building things like robots or something you're manufacturing you know items not plant medicine but here we are America 2024 in Florida some paid petition gatherers are in hot water they've been arrested three of them yeah. One of which was a 33-year-old. <laughs> the others of, of which were 34 and 49. Yes, they've been accused of submitting dozens of falsified petitions to get recreational on the ballot. Mm. Mm. So the charges 
include criminal use of personal identification information and signing another person's name or a fictitious name to a petition. So they could have straight up been making shit up. (laughs) Jane Doe signed here, and she lives at 123 Candy Road with this area code that I thought out of nowhere. Uh, Or, you know, they just started signing the names of all their friends. It's no good. There's plenty of people who support weed and want it more. Well, you know, there's plenty of people who support more legalization and regulation, which I personally do not. But you don't need to go making up names because I tell you they're out there. Just go to the head shops. Leave your petitions there. Go to a grocery store. You'll find them. The next person was charged with fraudulent use of personal identification information of a deceased individual. Surprise, surprise. The dead are also signing petitions to legalize weed. Not just voting. Mm. The dead are activists now. And the third, the 33-year-old, was charged with uh, fraudulent use of personal identification information and false swearing of voter registration information. Mm. So I'm thinking with that, false swearing of voter registration information, they might have registered someone to vote without notarizing it properly or didn't register them to vote at all. Possibly. Or they're just just ballot stuffing. Well, obviously that. (laughs) You know? Yeah. A sure way to win. Whoopsies. Unless, you know, the wrong person is out to get you. And uh, it seems they were. Seems they were. I still think it could pass and, you know, have no problem on the ballot. But what do I know? I, I will tell you, they should have known better than to try and cheat. Because big medical marijuana in Florida has been after their ass, as we've talked about bowl after bowl. They are not excited to lose customers and see medical patients drop their licenses because recreational is available. Mm -hmm. And they don't need to be in the medical database anymore. So, we'll see. We'll see what happens. In Mississippi... There is a medical dispensary fighting the state's ban on advertisements. Uh, and this is in a federal lawsuit. The owner of True Source is arguing that this ban is a violation of his free speech rights. He had purchased billboards to advertise his dispensary and then was forced to lease them out to other companies, one of which included a casino. <laughs> Damn. So it. it they only have medical. These are medical patients that they're tailored to. So uh, it bolsters his case in the public narrative, too, that this owner of True Source is the state's first uh, black owner of a dispensary. Mm. So he's got some pop culture uh, race card points there. That always helps. Yes, this is why it made national news instead of just staying in the state, I think. And, you know, in the lawsuit, they question why the alcohol industry and medication companies, big pharma, casinos, and strip clubs can all advertise their products and services across the state of Mississippi. But he can't. And uh, there was a quote from him where he said, if you can go in Walgreens and fill a prescription for an opioid and Walgreens can advertise, why can't True Source and the other cannabis dispensaries and cultivators in Mississippi? (laughs) Hmm, yeah, I wonder. I mean, you just got to follow the money is what that's all about. 
follow the money. Lobbyists are more likely working for Big Pharma than for the lowly pot farmers. Yeah. And it's all a scam. This is a scam. Yeah. It does make me mad, though, because if we're going to view weed as a prescription drug, then why is it treated any different than the other prescriptions, which you see on TV and you... You know, get flyers for and pamphlets and yeah. doctors recommend to you and even suggest and say, oh, your two-year-old has eczema? There's an injection for that. It's sick. And meanwhile, every all of the pushes for the full rec market, you know, it's just so silly. Having two separate systems, the whole thing. Calling it recreational to begin with. I mean, imagine if we had like uh, medicinal and recreational caffeine. Yeah. You know? And you could get coffee if you show your ID, or you could get coffee if you sign up through a program and get an ID card and separate system. And then you don't have to pay the same amount of taxes. And then, yeah, you get taxed less Because <laughs> you're a patient of caffeine. It's so ridiculous. And if only one of the states would have picked up my tomato model idea, they could have shown the world this is how it's done. You don't regulate it at all. It's a seed. It grows into a plant. Let people do what they will with it. Nope. Here we are. Wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> Still throwing motherfuckers in jail every day. It's incredible. John Hopkins has announced a large-scale study thanks to a $10 million federal grant from the National Institute on Drug Abuse. This is good news. They will be tracking 10,000 medical weed patients over the next five years to better understand, and I quote, the efficacy and impacts of cannabis therapy. They're working hand-in-hand with a Colorado-based nonprofit that goes by the name of Realm of Caring. And what are they doing? Well, collecting more data than is already collected because they want to know about dosage. They want to know how you use the weed as a medical patient. You know, the delivery methods here. They want to know the chemical compositions of the products, which isn't that on the packaging? Isn't that a requirement? Uh, They also want to know possible medication interactions, which is an eye roller because this has been well documented. And there's a handy chart you can look up. I can link in the show notes that shows you all of the compounds and how they interact with each other. Uh, And also other treatment details. Nice and vague. They're going to get up in the business of 10,000 patients and document it all so that they can tell the world from their expert view in their well-funded study how good or bad marijuana really is. And that'll take us to the next presidential election where they can continue regulating and taxing and all that crap of this plant. Oh, well, maybe they'll drop it on the Controlled Substances Act from, like, Schedule 1 to Schedule 4. Whoa, what a treat. Frustrating. No doubt. But slightly good news. The UFC removed weed from its anti-doping policy this year. That went into effect December 31st. And the not-so-great news on that is that participants in the UFC are still subject to no-notice biological sample collections. So, you know, pee in this cup, slave. It's okay (laughs) if THC pops up. That's all right, but we want to see what else you're doing. We want to invade your privacy some more because you work for us. It's very frustrating. And lastly, there was a linebacker from the Dallas Cowboys arrested for having some pot. 
between two and four ounces, and this was in Texas, where pot is very illegal still, just like it is everywhere under federal law. But using his football player privilege, he was released the next day. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Not much has been said about it. Yeah, a lot of money on the line. Yeah. The arrest occurred in Frisco, Texas, so he was replaced on the field. Yeah, but that's about it. It must be nice having that ball playing privilege. The ball players, man. All the stops are pulled for sure. <laughs> yes. We will trade arms dealers for you, ball players. Never forget. Well, he's pulling stops, but never pulling punches. He's the Reverend Cyber Trucker. You know him as Sir Reverend Cyber Trucker. Uh, always hauling things here and there across the country. And uh, even though it takes him all over the place and crunches away his time, he still finds time to pull over and give us a metal moment. And I'm excited to hear the very first one of the year. What do you think? Yeah, I'm excited. Let's hear it. In the bowl and in the morning, this here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. To start this year off, I decided to head over to Europe, specifically Germany. Electric Callboy is an electronic core band who self-described their music as porn metal. Self-releasing their first EP in 2010, their debut album actually released in March of 2012. And on the last show of their debut tour, at Live Music Hall in Cologne, nine fans were injured after pieces of the ceiling fell down in the mosh pit. From their 2002 album Techno, this is Electric Callboy, Techno Train. Ride, take a ride on the techno train ride And I'll take your seat, open up with the pounding bass deep inside Yeah, Shaky, shaky, sweaty, sweaty, you make my spaghetti ready Heat up the sauce, it's a dinner for one You better hold on tight, cause we're rolling again Through the wetness now, weather nature is bad And when it's getting messy, we're taking the blood Cause I need you to stay on my techno train There is a There you go. That's one that uh, belongs on the Bone Zone playlist right there. Oh, yeah. Uh. Vagina. Thanks, Rev. Yeah, thank you, Rev. Appreciate the metal moment that you bring to us. And uh, we have live value splits, which is wallet switching technology that allows you to boost during the metal moment. 
to boost to the rev directly. That's right. He gets 99% of the sats, and the 1% is just so we can credit you as a producer of Bull After Bull. Yeah. Read your boost. And read your boost. Uh, appreciate you. If you want to follow along with what Rev is up to lately, just go over to any Mastodon that doesn't block us, and you can follow at RevCyberTrucker at NoAgendaSocial.com. Uh, yeah. Time to dig into the voicemails. We do also have a little tradition, a weekly tradition, where we talk about the first time we ever did a thing, uh, and we all discuss it. Here's a song I got to sing about the very first time I ever did a thing. Gotta pick up the phone and let it ring, ring, ring. Tell about the time you first did a thing. Mom, Dad, I did a new thing. In the bowl. In the bowl. Yeah, we want to hear about the first time you did a thing. And that thing this week is keeping a resolution. Yes. I know it may be asking a lot from the bowlers. Um, but the first time you ever kept a resolution. It's easy to make them. New Year's resolutions. I don't even think we said New Year's resolution, did we? No, yeah, just, just a resolution. A resolution. We left it wide open. That's what's nice, too. You know, you can make a resolution anytime. It's just deciding to do a thing. I remember when I heard episode four of Podcasting 2.0 and uh, Adam and Dave originally laid out their vision for Podcasting 2.0 and how it would run and uh, the Bitcoin aspect and just everything about it, right? Node running aspect was a huge par- uh, portion of it back then too because you had to to make the thing work, run a node. And uh, it was that moment when I heard that first episode that I resolved to Build a damn node and uh, get in on the thing. Make it work, make it run. So you can make a resolution anytime. You just got to be inspired. But inspired. For some reason, there is something really inspiring about a new year. Like a fresh slate and like all of, the, all of the year that's before you, ready to rock, you know? Things that you know are coming up, like the big uh, Nashville meetup or other goals that you have. You're like, yeah, I'm going to resolve to do something different. I'm going to resolve to change in this way just kind of goes along with that fresh slate feeling of a new year i think yeah <laughs> you're nodding at me like <laughs> uh-huh uh-huh you remember the first time you ever kept a resolution i do i do it well, was all thanks to oh do you want me to tell you now yeah what was that like i was about to say well it was really thanks to shrooms oh. um <laughs> i know it's unbelievable i'm not miss perfect <laughs> but it's one time while I was tripping pretty hard, I could not stop noticing how dirty my dishes were. I had gone probably five years as I entered adulthood without washing dishes. Hmm. I relied on disposable plates and letting my dishes sit in the stink in the in the sink, <laughs> letting them stink for sure uh, until you know maybe someone else would get around to it. <laughs> And it was like a pretty intense and horrible trip because, you know, this fucking all that mold that grows on the plates and stuff. There wasn't mold on the plates, but I could see it forming in real time, you know, mushroom vision. And I couldn't stop thinking about it. I couldn't stop thinking about the dirty dishes. It really harsh my mellow, you guys. Luckily, there's many other trips that have happened that were all great. But this one wasn't so great. 
And uh, it like who out there hasn't thrown out a plate because they didn't want to wash it, right? Yeah, I think we've all been there. Nothing says early twenties like just <laughs> whipping it in the trash Same. can. Ah, oh, fuck it. Plenty of plates at the thrift store. <laughs> <laughs> And you're moving around, you know, apartment to apartment, yeah. into a duplex. and My already had a couple chips in it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, uh, <laughs> I resolved that I was never going to let a uh, dish stay dirty after that. I was really fucking bothered by it. I'm not <laughs> sure why. I think it's just, like, womanhood and, like, prepping for motherhood. The, like, nurturing, uh nesting kind of instincts kicking in to full gear and so i it was true and my friend once told me man you are dish tripping because he came over and i was entertaining him but i was like i gotta get these dishes going sorry like i like you can talk to me in the kitchen while i'm getting this shit done but we have to leave in a few minutes but i have to know that the dishes are done yeah before we go and that's right i'm dish tripping you guys Keeping my resolution, it's now been, I think, a good seven years where I've just accepted that the dishes are my responsibility. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm the dishwasher now. It doesn't matter. I try to, I, try, I ask for help politely. You know, I suggest that people rinse off their plate mm-hmm. when they put it in the sink. But two-year-olds aren't that great at that. Nah. They don't really want to. I get it. I was there once in my <laughs> early 20s. I said, fuck it, man. I'll throw it out. Buy a new one someday. Yeah. Nope. No longer. That's my resolution. I kept it. I'm sticking to it. Very nice. I've done my dishes. Beautiful. Yes. It's the least I can do. <laughs> <laughs> just got to keep them rolling, man. That's fantastic, though. Yeah. It was just a calling. The yes. mushroom called to you. Yeah. Well, I don't have quite the skill set as you, so, you know, I do what I can <laughs> to <laughs> oh, contribute. Come <laughs> oh, come now. We all play our roles. Oh, man. Uh, This next color may have a role to play. What's good? What's good? Chilling. Nice. Chilling. Well, in the bowl to you, caller. In the bowl. See, sometimes you just have to resolve to leave the voicemail. And uh, it's in there. Yes. Resolution kept. Oh, I love that. Thanks for calling, caller. Yeah, good good work, caller. You did it. You're getting the hang of it. You hit it, and you still got words out. That's it's pretty, a challenge for me. It doesn't always happen that way, it turns out, on the bowl line, you know? Sometimes I think I'm talking, and I'm not, you guys. My thoughts are quite loud. My thoughts are so loud I couldn't hear my mouth. Uh, this next uh, caller has very loud thoughts. I can hear them all the time. Oh! <laughs> the, I don't think I've ever really kept a uh, New Year's resolution. Oh, not that I can think of. Uh, I don't think I've really ever come up with many. I've had better practice in my youth at uh, keeping uh, things you give up for Lent mm. in a uh, paganistic uh, Catholic ritual. Uh, no one is giving up stuff for Lent. Uh, I can't even remember what. Because you'd always come up with like stupid things to give up for Lent. Yeah. 
uh, when you're a kid. TV was yeah, I'm going to give up swearing because I swear a lot as a eight-year-old. <laughs> right. fuck all the time. Oh, I sucked when I was eight, too. Um, yeah. I don't think I really ever uh, had any kind of resolution that I stuck to. Hmm. Ever. Probably, most of them that I probably said, I would probably said when I was, like, half shit days. Like, I'm totally your best friend now, yeah. And then uh, <laughs> 20 minutes later, I was doing whatever the fuck I said. I'm going to give up <laughs> for New Year's. In the bowl. In the bowl. Well, giving up's for quitters, Ned Ned. Yeah, I like that. Um, Yeah, that's funny. Giving up the things for Lint. See, in Lint, you're supposed to, like make some kind of a sacrifice, right? You're supposed to, like, abstain from something you really enjoy or that, like, you know, you're supposed to be, like, giving up something. But a lot of people would give up vices, mm. <laughs> which is not really, like, what Lent's for, you know? But they rather like, oh, enjoy gonna, them. I'm going to give up smoking for Lent. I guess uh, smoking for Lent, maybe there's, like, a opinion field you could walk into for that kind of thing. Uh, but, yeah. Supposed to give up like uh, I remember candy. It was one time. We gave up candy. We gave up TV. Um, TV might be worse for you than smoking. Really? Yeah, it. it's pretty bad for you. <laughs> it's pretty goddamn bad, man. And it's addictive. Uh huh. It's oh, addictive. Yeah. You, you know what? No matter what form, like visual art, if it's on the internet or the TV, the boob tube. You're still staring into a screen. Right. I don't think it's great for you. Yeah, like... Uh, but I'm also not holier than thou. Like, I love watching TV. I'm a sucker for it. Did you grow up um, getting asked about or talking about resolutions, like, during your years? Not at all. Yeah. This was an adult thing So you never, never even made it. That's what I figured. No. And never have I ever given up anything for Lent, either. Huh. I went to a gay church. <laughs> You know, uh, that happens every once in a while to people. Red alert. Red <laughs> alert. Red alert. You get a, like a red alert going. There is a gay guy. There is a gay guy. A gay guy at church. Um, and he loves the book of Matthew. It's always the book of Matthew. <laughs> and that was all I ever learned. <laughs> Why leave? Red alert. Red alert. We did Godspell. Red alert. I am a gay guy. <laughs> it's true. Uh, oh right man here. but first time I ever gave something up for Lent would be a good first time I ever that would be an interesting half time it's never too late that's right we uh by the way 816-607-3663 is the way to get your answer in my answer I was thinking about all these different resolutions and um it's funny cause I don't think we explicitly said New Year's yeah it was just a resolution it's the first time I ever kept a resolution and kept it vague. And I think Ned, Ned picked up on that too. Like, I feel the same way. I've made, because we did grow up talking about New Year's resolutions. And I really can't recall like a specific one. Because I think it would always just be like vague, improvey, self-improvey type things, you know? Improvey. Yeah. Like lose my glasses less or like, you know, <laughs> do certain. You lose your glasses less? Right. Things like that, you know? Uh, turn in more homework. Well, and the cliche <laughs> one is working out. 
as a ritual. Like, I, I'm going to hit the gym every day. I never did the self-fitness uh, thing because I was in sports growing up, um, mostly swimming. And uh, yeah, I did track for a half a minute and didn't work out. I don't know why. The whatever about my asthma never really affected me swimming, but huh. murdered me in, in um, any running sports. Huh. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> I don't know what what that's all about. Could it just be the difference of being indoor and outdoor? It's possible, yeah. Although I did outdoor swimming too and never had a problem either. Oh, then no. It's not possible. Yeah. <laughs> I said it was possible and then I thought about it. But I don't know. You're in the water either way, you know? Yeah. So it's a little bit different. Shit, I don't know. It's just a thing that I noticed about myself. Yeah. Running is the only time that I ever realize I have asthma too. Start sounding like e e e. I hate it. It's the worst. So yeah, I would make like vague New Year's resolutions and uh, probably not keep them. Would be my guess. Mm. But only because of setting myself up and not really having resolve. Right? I guess. Oh ex- yes. Exploring that word resolution, it takes resolve. You know. So I think that's a lot of why New Year's resolutions are doomed because Mm. a lot of people make them because they feel like they have to make one you know and so like they they're like oh i feel like i have to make a new year's resolution but they don't have any resolve about it so that's doomed to fail right yeah i think a lot of the gym guys do have and gals frankly do have uh resolve at the beginning that just fades it just dies out and so it's like i need resolve but then i need to sustain that resolve. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is because the motivation is coming from the wrong place. If you don't have the sustain behind it, I think a lot of people realize that they are at an unhealthy weight and they're like, okay, I'll go to the gym to fix this. But really they don't change their diet Mm -hmm. and you need to fix both. Yeah. That's probably the most important factor to be in good health, what you're putting in. Yeah, in in consumption. It's like you can't get it all out if you're still putting it in. <laughs> this comes back to consumption of everything. What you hear, what you see, mm. that all affects your health. That's Spiritually true. at the least. But how important is the spirit? Very. Protect that shit. Definitely. And get a hobby, you know. If you're into baking, it's kind of passion. You know. Baking. Passion. Passionate baking. Passionate baking. Could be your thing. Passionate muffin making. Bake with passion. No, it it, it had me thinking all week about the F side, and I was like, you know, I don't know if I've ever had resolve during this time of year until now. Like, I, I don't know where this weird motivation came out of, but um, if I were to have the first time that I ever kept a New Year's resolution, and it was specifically to New Year's, then it would have to go down this year. All right. And so... I mean, you turned the lamp on. I'm feeling pretty good about you. The one that definitely came th- is going to come through is more KC meetups. And that's the first one I made and the most official one I made, right? Yes. I said that to probably the maximum amount of people I can talk to. So that one is probably the most magically binding. And that I can happen because I believe we had three or four, was it? I want to say it was only three. I only have three f- folders for meetup reports, but I think we did a fourth one that uh, didn't get a report done. 
Yeah, there was at least one that didn't get a report done. I think it was more than four, babe. I'll have to look. We fell off of the monthly, though. Yeah, a monthly thing. That's how to do it. You have one a month. That is how to do it. So that's that's going to be the one that I keep. But as far as resolution and ever actually making one, like drawing a line in the sand in your life, um, I think it's what started the whole weed thing for me in a serious way. Yeah. In terms of the uh, legalization efforts and actually getting educated on what the hell was going on with weed both in um both in its in its sense as a substance but also in the legal aspect and just everything that was going on you know its history its uses um but it all happened at scout camp the year after i well the year that i graduated high school the summer right after graduation i was going off to college i was uh 18 so you're officially like an adult at scout camp you don't camp with the other scouts. You got to camp with the adults, right? Mm. You're like, yep. you make that transition out into like leaderhood or whatever. <laughs> and so I had my own tent, you know, and I was away from those guys. Those we had, guys. We had all collectively kind of discovered weed in that year, in that previous year. You know? And I came there straight from uh, touring Mizzou, like my college tour. So I got there like midway through day two or something all frazzled and as an adult for the first time, you know, very weird time. Uh, and my friends had brought like silly amounts of weed. I brought a little weed too, you know, I figured weed, right? We just found this thing. Probably going to smoke a little bit because you're outside. Yeah. On this huge reservation for 10 days. Enjoying the beautiful fresh air. Yeah. You can go way out in the middle of nowhere, miles away from anyone and just have your little private moment, right? It's tons of acres there, right? Like oh, yeah. hundreds. Yeah, like I don't, I don't even want to make a guess because Into it's very woods. huge. It's it's enormous. It's a scout reservation, you know. Uh, but <laughs> for whatever reason, man, uh, the, my friends decided to go hard, <laughs> bring too much, and uh, just be too stupid with it, and too loud, and too close to the. They were like. Smoking in their own tents. You know? Oh, no. It's like, man, everybody can smell that from miles away. Not really miles, but you know what I'm saying. This is... Everybody oh. in the campsite is like, oh, there's smell of weed coming from over there pretty obviously. Ironically, there are 4,200 acres there. Oh, thank you for <laughs> looking it up. Yeah, I knew it was in the thousands, <laughs> but I didn't really want to make an estimate because... 4,200 Mm-hmm. 428 with an extra zero. 420. Oh. Yeah. Crazy. So plenty of uh space to get lost, right? Yeah. And these guys are uh rolling Hot. cigarillos in the in the tent. Hot inside box of the in tent. the tent. Hot box in their own tents, like just yards away from the adult's Ugh. cabin. And so I kind of had to just be like, hey man, like I can't <laughs> I can't be smoking with y'all because it's just like you're not gonna get away with this shit, you know? Too much. Too crazy. Yeah. And it's like, I just got rid of whatever I had because I just knew it was a fucking matter of time. Those guys were flying too close to the sun. Little Icaruses. Having their own fun. But like, I was just like, man, we could have the same amount of fun and like probably stay safe too. I don't know. Some part of me always feels guilty for like not thoroughly convincing people to do not, you know, crazy shit. Yeah, but it's also, you know, hey, do what you will. Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law, right? Well, 
Like you make your choices and I'll make mine and you don't want to be preachy and you know. Yeah, I mean you can't make people do shit at the end of the day. And it's also like I'm not their dad, like they don't yeah. necessarily even look up to me as a figure of authority or role model anyway, maybe. Right. Like what am I to know? You're a friend. Right. So I don't know. The inevitable did happen, of course, and uh, it's always visitors Sundays when they have uh, like your parents and your siblings and everybody come to camp that day and like everybody does lunch and everything. It's always on a Sunday so that everybody can make it happen. So it was visitors Sunday and you start with chapel because it's Sunday and you have like a chapel service and then they pulled us out of chapel of church mm. when everybody was at church. And all the campsites were emptied out. They pulled four of us out of church and drug our asses back to the campsite. It was basically like, we've had reports of weed and someone smoking weed here. And, you know, they got snitched on by some other camp, like some adjacent camp to ours mm. from some different troop. And uh, so they're like, we have to search all of your belongings and stuff. And I was so pissed because I fucking knew something like that was going to happen, you know? Yeah, because they were reckless. And I am not, and I told you so, guy, it gives me no fucking joy, you know? It's like, I could have saved you guys. You just listen. But, no, so I was, like, pissed, and I was like, you can search any of my shit, because I have nothing, and, like, I'm offended to even be pulled out with this, you know, like, because I had also divorced myself with that pretty early when they were going crazy, you know? Yeah. We're just like, no, you guys are going to get fucking busted. And, yeah, like... However, their tent pod was set up or whatever. It ended up being all in one guy's camp box. Oh. So only one guy got the fall for all of the stuff that they were doing down there. And they hauled his ass out on a golf cart to the uh, county jail. Jeez. My, uh, couple, a few miles away. And he wasn't even an adult yet. And when they were hauling him off, it was like as everybody's fucking parents and brothers and sisters were arriving. Oh. It was just like... Oh, yeah, he's getting hauled off for having weed in front of everybody. I was just so, like, mad at, like, the insanity and injustice of it all. Not only of uh, how hard they were going, but also of, like, a system that would, instead of take people aside and be like, look, you're, you can't be doing this. You know, this is scout camp. And having, like, an actual honest discussion, they're just going to haul him off to fucking jail and start him on, a, like, a path of having a record. Yeah, that's what pisses me and off. Destroy for sure. his life. I was so mad uh, at everything that I had resolved at that moment that, like, no matter what happened, as long as these laws still existed, as long as, like, this oppression was still happening, like, I wasn't going to stop. I was like, I'm, I'm going to break this law as long as it's around because it's so vile and it goes against every idea of living in a free society. And uh, I have kept that resolution. Hell yeah. And although Missouri has gone legal, and I kind of made the joke like, hey, I can stop stop smoking weed now uh, because it's legal. It's also not. Right. And that fact is not lost on this show. You know, it's, they call it legal in your state, but it's still federally illegal. Yeah, 50 state illegal. And, And they can chop that curtain down at any moment's notice. Yeah. And they shouldn't be able to. It's not constitutional. It's not right. And it's not what God intended when he gave us the plant in the first place, in the very first chapter of the book. 
if you'd ever crack it open and read it. Interesting information in there. Anyway, I think that's the first time I really resolved to do something and like kept to it. It just kind of shaped me going into adulthood. That's like one of the, that's probably the first actual decision I ever made as an adult was that one. I know I toot your horn a lot on this show <laughs> and I'm going to do it again, but you are a man of resolve because I think it was around this time last year, two years ago when you really cleaned up what you ate also. And that helped you in so many ways. Mm. You remember that? When I cleaned up what I ate? Yeah, you cleaned up your diet. Oh, yeah. Overall. That's true. That's true. You went, I mean, I've like finger wag keto. Right. Uh, but whatever you did really worked for you. Yeah, that was kind of crazy. You didn't add additional exercise to the day. It was just cleaning up. Mm-hmm. Cutting all the sugary bullshit out. That's pretty much, yeah, sugar and bread and pasta. And I feel like everything just started functioning for you better. You could go, I think, just eliminate refined sugar alone. If you just targeted one thing, that would be the biggest one and the most helpful. I think that's the biggest one for me. Yeah. Uh, more meat's always better, but so expensive. You know what else is always better? What? Voicemailers calling in. I did get an. Oh one. yeah, eight one six six zero seven three six six three. Call now. Uh, this caller did. Yeah, I got called to a resolution. Uh oh. In the bowl. In the I bowl. Think it's been fucking forever since I left a voicemail. I don't know what happened there. Um, and I do have the resolve for this because, god damn it, this is something I should have done a long goddamn time ago. Do you understand? I'm with you. I'm digging it. No longer will I give in to the whims of these platforms. No <laughs> longer will I be toyed with with the first evers. You're right. <laughs> Could have been playing self-hosted music this entire time for B4TS. Oh. Coming soon to you. Whole year. Just going to fucking use and abuse that homegrown hits.xyz. Yeah. That Make Heroism and Make It Ultra are uh, lovingly curating uh, via handcrafting it. Crazy. There's like nine fucking pages of music up there. What the fuck are you doing? You should go check that out. You should. Uh, that's where I'm going to be fucking... It's going to be like the Ellen Beats tabs that I have open on the podcastindex.org. I'm going to have to give myself uh, time every week to go through and make sure that I close all these extra tabs that they didn't need open. And it's just repeats of podcast and podcast index and Ellen Beats and now the homegrown hits. And I am so excited about it. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's about all I got other than just getting hella pumped about this, uh, Potential lighting package. And it's all like mostly unused gear. Some of the stuff I've hung it twice in the what six years that I've been working with this company. So, wham! I think it was uh, it was just all it takes is getting the stage now in the bowl. In, in the, the bowl. bowl. Sweet, sweet. So those diagrams, those belong to boob now. <laughs> Boobs, multiple. All your diagram are belong to us. <laughs> Boobalgram. Hell yeah, man. And 
Wow, you heard it here first. Before the schemes is going full demu. Kick ass. Yeah, it's the way. This Kick is the ass. way. Demu, demu, demu. Decentralized music. That means no middleman. Artist to listener relationship. Direct. Is God intended. And transparent. No contracts and bullshit. No one skimming off the tops for their own gross plans. No, the artist gets to decide what to do with the value that you put back into them. Yes. It's great. It's killer. Yeah, thanks for the call, boobs. I'm sh- I owe you a few as well. And you'd be calling in more. Calling in more shows. Voicemail for voicemail is mm. value for value. <laughs> That's true. Oh, man. No, I want to keep this energy going and uh, have more what? frequent touch points for, you know, keeping the momentum together. It's a challenge, I think, because of the geographic spread we have. Our small group, you know, it's like spread yeah. across the entire United States uh, and uh, other parts of the former British Empire. And so, you know, it's not always the easiest to constantly keep in contact and collaborate, but God damn it. We'll make it happen more in 24, I tell you that. Hell yeah. And uh, I'm trying to start early this year. Yeah, get on it. We did get another call. Look at that. Ooh. They're coming in. Let's hear it. Oh, yeah, that bowler's hitting it. Bowlers. What's up? Hey, it's Circus Media. Hey, Circus, Circus Media. Media. I hit of my tobacco water pipe. Nice. <laughs> that I only use for completely 100% illegal if you're over 18 tobacco. <laughs> it was delicious. So the first time I ever kept a resolution, I don't know, I remember the first time. But this year I made a resolution not to make any bullshit resolutions, and I've kept that re- resolution. So Hell yeah. Based. I think that's going to be my offering for tonight, bowlers. I <laughs> uh, just want to say Happy New Year to all of you. I love this big bowler community. Oh, yeah. And happy 2024. This new year is going to be awesome. Looking forward to it. Peace out. In the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. That's a great resolution. If you if you believe it is. But think about this for a second. What if you were to argue that it's a bullshit resolution? Oh. It all comes down to that question, really, <laughs> if you think about it. This is like a paradox, right? If you make a New Year's resolution not to make any bullshit resolutions, then it comes down to the question of, is that in and of itself a bullshit resolution? Because if it is, then you can't, it's impossible to keep, but if it isn't, then it's impossible to uh, break unless you make another one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's a bullshit. I don't think it's a bullshit resolution though. I think you could probably keep it. I think you're on the right track. Much love circus media. I would love to take a tiny bit of credit for your bowl cleaning motivation because I did mention that this was my next target after I did a full redo of the kitchen where I live more than in the bowl. Believe it or not, you spend most of your time in the bowl. Yeah. Because this is where you work also. I know. So it just really needs love. Yeah. And it's had love so many times over 2023. You know, I've, 
yeah. It's not like I never clean this place up and put it back into order. I've done it several times. We've had two bowlers in here at once. It's that's true. Several times. That's true. It's a versatile space, but it just could be more utilitarian, I think. Well, you know, it's uh, it's been hazy, but the vision is becoming clearer. Yes. As we use it more and as we spend more time in the bowl, make more bowl after bowls, we're starting to see it better. You've, I think you've got a real vision now. Yes. Uh, we also had a real vision of a boost coming in. Ooh. Did you hear that just a couple moments ago? I missed it. It is from Memes Leet. Aw, thanks, Memes Leet. Memes 1337 sends uh, 2,907 sats out of Podverse. All right. And what's he say? He says, Leet boosting the wolf. Ow. Thank you, sir. Ow. Uh, I got some. Uh, he says, in the bowl, in the game of bowling, every roll is a chance to knock down obstacles and reach new heights. Happy New Year, bowlers. May 2024 bring the state's downfall and remove all of your obstacles. Well, cheers. I will drink to that. I can't think of a more beautiful sentiment. 2024, the last year we have to deal with this state bullshit. That would be kind of cool. That would be really cool. We can have uh, <laughs> rainbow unicorn pony dreams, right? Yeah. A pony for everyone. Pony for everyone. And everyone uh, on their pony. Hell yeah. Woo. But no high horses. That was a little small batch Elijah Craig. That's how you do it right there. Sweet. At the ready. Oh, man. So what's the next F tie, do you think? Uh, Well, I can consult my list that's been growing. First time I ever video called. First time I ever rode a mechanical bull. Experienced no one ever loving me. Sad face. Experienced fight or flight. First time I ever shoplifted. Ooh. First time I ever got caught in a line. You like shoplifting. No, no, no. I actually was going to say this last time, but I don't know. I, th- I feel like we should just not do crimes. <laughs> you okay, I, mean? I will cross that off the list. Let's say crimes don't count. Tell me, let's do F-ties of crimes in person. When you come to meetups, we'll always do an F-tie about crimes. Mm. Yeah, off the record. <laughs> not F-tie. on the fucking bowl. How about it? Safe. Know. I think it's an interesting fun conversation there's a lot of statute of limitations things but you know so i guess this wipes out first time i ever stole a car i think <laughs> i think i already told that story yeah but it was under and a also, different f-tie i don't know if i technically committed a crime necessarily i don't know how that works exactly well your pop didn't charge you so. yeah yeah your dad would have to turn you in <sighs> or something First time I ever went magnet fishing. First time I ever plunged a toilet. First time I ever stepped on a thumbtack. Ooh. First time I ever got caught in a lie. Ooh. It's fun childhood stuff. First time I ever exited a moving vehicle we did. Mm-hmm. First time I ever almost died. I think you heard some that you liked, though. Yeah, there's a couple in there that are nice. But then you keep going. There's some other nice ones. First time I ever died, almost died is cool. Um, the first time I died was in the year 333 BC. There's always trade-offs and short-term memory loss, you know, can be a trade-off sometimes behind the curtain specifically. So I like first time I ever almost died or fight or flight. One of those. Okay. Let's do first time I ever almost died. Okay. Because you said it first. So you've heard it here live tonight. If you're listening live and sometime in the future, but F-ties are always good. You can answer any of them that we've ever done. Or make up your own and leave a voicemail about it. Next week, we want you to call 
607-367-3663 and tell us about the first time you ever almost died. And Bowler, I'm glad you didn't actually die. Yeah, we are very glad. That's why we say, ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. It's the only thing left to do. This is a bowling show, after all. That's right. We do, <laughs> you know, strikes and gutter balls. What could what could be more bowling than that? Well, starting things off hot, you know, I think this happens every year. Because, you know, people die every minute of the day, probably. And people are boring. Uh, a seemingly equal rate. So, when there's a new year, and... There are twins involved. Sometimes you end up with twins that have two different birthdays. Oh, nice. Because uh, after midnight, you're in a new day and year, which is crazy to conceive that mm-hmm. the twins would have different years, but only on one night does that happen. And so this was the story for two couples, although one got a lot more media attention than the other, and they are both special in my mind. Uh there was a couple in New Jersey. And you know what kills me? You know there's more couples out there that didn't just phone the news line when their kids were born, their twins were born after midnight. Anyways, yeah, this is probably true. The ones that I heard about that made it to the mainstream, lamestream media, the first was a couple in New Jersey, and they had twin boys born right before and right after midnight. The December 31st baby shares a birthday with their dad, too. Nice. Pretty cool. Then to balance it out, in Connecticut, twin girls were born. Yeah. I think they should meet someday. I think so. How wild would that be? We need babies. The yin to the yang. You were the twins over there. I was the twins over here. We both share this weird paradox. Thanks to the stupid calendar we all go by. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And the one twin will always be able to say, you know, I'm older than you. Right. Yeah. No matter what time they were born. Yeah, exactly. There is an oldest twin. Yeah. Oh, this story is about someone that won't be able to get any older. A 33-year-old man was celebrating New Year's Eve in Brazil, and he was drinking, as as one one does. does. (laughs) And he decided he needed to cool himself off. So he jumped into a waterfall fountain, and that's not a good move because, uh, you know, there are lights and stuff involved with that, and he ended up hitting a wire and being electrocuted. Oh, no. Yeah. What are you doing, guy? Now, this kind of reminds me of your Boy Scout story because he told his friends he was going to jump into the fountain when he left the event. <sighs> and I'm guessing someone said, hey, hey, don't do that, dude. Like, that's pretty stupid. <laughs> there are probably some wires and electrical things involved here. We don't want to mess with it. Oh, so it's a fountain, you know? What are you doing, guy? You're in Brazil. There's like beaches and stuff. Yeah. You know, wide open water we can find. You pour water over your head to cool down, but no. He jumped and um, someone attempted to get him out. And obviously, that's not a good idea when electricity is involved. No. Luckily, they were safe. They didn't get hurt. Uh, well, they did start to get shocked, but they were able to pull away, which they are very lucky. Yeah. That was not a smart move. Would not suggest 
But when alcohol's involved, thinking kind of, you know. Yeah. Slips away. Your decision-making abilities kind of plummet. So when the fire department got there, they got him out, and he immediately went into cardiac arrest. They attempted to resuscitate him for 50 minutes, uh, but he was ultimately pronounced dead on the scene, which is a bummer, man. Yeah. That's a horrible way to start the year. Dead? Gotta be careful in that 33rd year of life, I tell you. Yeah, no doubt. You really think things over. I'm trying. Chew on them for a bit. Hey, you're halfway to the next year. That's right, yeah. (laughs) So far, so good. Yeah. Good knocking on wood. Well, there was a new homeowner in the Dallas area that decided to renovate the place. And I don't know if they've got the budget for it, but they decided to start knocking down walls. Uh Uh-oh. I think this is something new homeowners can be real horny for, knocking down walls, because we've all seen it on the very fake and gay TV shows where these rich lads and lasses go in with a big old sledgehammer and they start knocking down walls. Yeah. What you don't see in the background is that then a crew of like 50 people come in and finish the job for them. Yes, They're going to see it to completion in one day because they have a huge team and a large budget. Correct. Anyway, Dallas area person bought a house, starts knocking down walls, and then found something very suspicious Uh in the wall. Uh Uh-oh. A grenade. Oh, shit. Yeah. So what do they do? Call the authorities. And the bomb squad came out. And they took a look at it. And luckily for the homeowner, it did not contain explosive material. Oh, there you go. These are the official words. But I'm looking at it. That's as clear as day a grenade. For sure. So, I don't know, I guess it was just an empty nade. But, you know, uh, it's like the whole area had to be cleared out. Yeah. That would be a great stash. Did they go blow it up anyway? An empty nade. It does not say that they did. So many cases where they just blow it up anyway because they want to blow shit up. Yeah, you know, this brings up New Year's Eve in the hood here where we had a microphone going. To record all of the celebratory gunfire and whatnot. Um, But what I was thinking is that the city police department has some acreage not that far away where their bomb squad detonates things. And I think they take complete advantage of New Year's Eve. Hmm. And because they are adjacent to the hood, it ramps people up. Because even you were feeling it this year. Oh, well, yeah, every year there are explosions that you can feel through the walls, for sure. Oh, no, I meant, like, people start shooting, yeah, you feel the explosions, then you start hearing the gunfire, and then it makes you kind of angry, and you're like, hey, fuck you, I'll go shoot my gun off. Ah, yeah. That's bait, though. You can't fall for the bait. It's total bait, and you did not take the bait. You can't fall for the bait, especially because I don't appreciate it in the first place, you know? Like, that would make me a hypocrite if I went in and started doing it. Definitely. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> I don't want people shooting up in the air all crazy and random. And stupid! You're so stupid! Because kids have died that way in my city. Yeah. And this year, three people were injured from celebratory gunfire oh in the city. God. 
Um, not in our area, surprisingly. So ignorant. Yeah, I forgot Just to stop. pull the car in the garage, and so I'm like, no, oh, it's too late now. Yeah. <laughs> the car is not worth my life. I didn't but- like export and trim out the file, but I recorded like 14 hours of the of the mic. What's been crazy to me is every year it's obviously at its peak when midnight strikes. Right. But then there seems to be a ramp up around two or 3 a.m. where people like they've had time to go get a snack, then they reload or they bought more ammo somehow and then they go back out. Yeah. And it gets pretty rowdy again because once one person starts doing it, people take the bait and they all start doing it. It's wild and it's not, you know, anything special to our city. It goes on everywhere, the celebratory gunfire. Right. But. Uh, I don't know. I don't like it. No. And it, for the several nights, it's been going on, too. Right around the 2 a.m. hour. Yeah, it keeps so. going. But luckily for us, we have the bowl. A great hunker down bunker spot. Yeah. The bunker bowl. The bunker bowl. So the kids got to hang out with us all night long. And they all. Uh, no, the girls made it to midnight. The boys were definitely asleep before midnight. And our oldest, wow, how long did she stay awake? Oh, a long time. Yeah. It was like 3 a.m. I think I fell I think asleep before right. she did. You did. I laid down around around 3 a.m. But yeah, she finally passed out in my chair. That was cool. Anyway. A good night. A good night indeed. In Oregon... Police were called because a hand grenade was spotted on the ground. So obviously they had to clear the area and show up. Uh, This was at a middle school near the running track. Mm. So high alert, high danger. Think of the children. Well, anyway, they showed up. They used a drone first to go in and get some pictures. And they thought, yep, yep, that's a hand grenade. Then they showed up and guess what? What? It was not a hand grenade. It was a dog poop bag dispenser. (laughs) (laughs) Our drone imaging is showing high threat. (laughs) Yeah, it it is shaped like a grenade with the pin and everything. (laughs) (laughs) That's so stupid. It's so stupid. But hey, everyone was safe, and that's what matters, right? That's, That's our tax dollars at work. Yeah ensuring the safety of all those middle schoolers that could have been blowed up by dog poop bag dispenser. Thank goodness. You can't be too careful these days. Yeah. Well, you know, someone who decides to be a stowaway on a flight isn't really thinking, uh, they're blowing caution to the wind, I suppose. Mm. And that's, uh, what happened. There was a stowaway found on a flight that landed in Paris from Western Algeria And they have given no details as to this person's gender or ethnicity or anything. They're just saying in their 20s. And they were found in the undercarriage of the plane, barely alive, but somehow alive. Uh, No ID on the person. So I don't know what they were running for. You can't run from your problems. You can't even fly away from your problems. Definitely not. But boy, what a ride. That's the sound of running from your problems. It's unpressurized down there, and I can't even imagine how cold it is. And I'm pretty sure there's not much oxygen when you're like 40,000 feet in the air. Nah, it gets thin. So, this person is lucky to be alive. 
I mean, they should exploit that luck and write a book or something. Yeah. I'm ordering two copies right now. Only if we can buy it with sats. There was another stowaway that made the news this week. Mm. On a flight from Mexico to Canada. A snake in a box (laughs) of produce. Oh, boy. Yeah. At least they caught it before it ended up in a store, right? Nice. Yeah, that would be kind of awkward. And, you know, Canada is no place for Mexican snakes. No doubt. This was a northern cat-eyed snake, for all of you snake fans out there. And last I checked, the veterinarian team was still checking the snake's health and well-being. (laughs) But the plan is to send it back home. (laughs) (laughs) They have to go back. You gotta go back. It's the only way. It's, It's what's fair and kind. A snake will not survive in Canada. Yeah. Think about the snakes. Set them free back in their own terrain. <sighs> Florida man made the news. No surprise there. <laughs> He's a, good at it. Yeah. Well, you know, he wandered into this convenience store and decided to take a bunch of cigarettes. Okay. I don't know what the price of cigarettes are in Florida. Florida cigarette prices. Let's see. What are the prices out here? Ah, uh, it depends what you get. Okay, I don't know, like five fifty, six dollars a pack. Okay, it looks like the average pack of cigarettes in twenty twenty one at the top end costs like six fifty six in Florida. But now cigarette prices by state twenty twenty four looking like seven sixty three for a pack of smokes in Florida. Okay, a little higher, a little higher, but by a buck, buck and a half. At least it's not massive two shits. Yeah, it's level. not like fifteen dollars. Yeah, little man, uh, it's crazy. Anything over ten dollars is nuts. It's anyway, not, it's not worth driving cartons to Florida. No, uh, but it's not worth stealing these things either because wow, there's lots of security cameras in the yeah. sea stores. Yeah, and the worker was right there, so he called the cops. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah. Yo, you gotta stop calling the cops, dude. You're acting like a little child, okay? Sheriff's deputies were hot on the tail of this suspect with all of his stolen cigs. And uh, they got to the store. He was still trying to get out of that parking lot, I guess. Attempted to flee, but was hindered by the stop sticks that they deployed. Uh-oh. And it deflated his tire, which, you know, that's hard to drive on the rim. Definitely. But not impossible, <laughs> because he did make it to his home. Oh, my God. And then the deputies were right behind him the whole time because I think he slowed down tremendously when that tire went oh, flat. yeah. Uh, and they said, you know, get out of the truck with your hands up or whatever they said, something along those lines. Yeah. Something you never want to hear. <laughs> yeah. And as they approached the vehicle in an attempt to remove him physically because he would not uh, listen and obey commands. He's not a complier. He's not a complier. He pulled out a gun and started firing at them. Oh, One of the deputies no. was grazed. No one killed. But then in some magical Florida man act, he decided to set fire to the cab of his truck. <laughs> and this misdirection allowed him to get into his home while they were all oh my God. caught up in the pyrotechnics going on. Holy Moses. So then, from his house, there was a standoff, and they were waiting. You know, mm. just saying, get out of your house, get out of your house. And he's probably saying, come back with a warrant. You're <laughs> some kind of crazy ate up shit. <laughs> You'll never take me alive! 
Definitely. But then the deputy started to notice that there were smoke and flames coming out from the upper floor of his house because his oh, truck it's not gonna work again. his home on fire. <laughs> like, and the he, fire worked so great the first time. Yeah. Let's start one in here, too. But now it's biting you in the ass, Florida man, because mm. then he had to, you know, escape by jumping off his balcony. Yeah. He wrecked his house. He smoked himself out, huh? He smoked himself out. Not in the good way. No. It wasn't the hot box you wanted, Florida man. It was the hot box you deserved. Damn. Yeah. So then uh, the deputies, they used an armored vehicle to knock down the balcony because I guess he didn't jump for them. He was just (laughs) He's just hanging out up there like they'll never come up here. Yeah, fuck The floor's lava, bitch. Yeah. I'll smoke (laughs) these cigarettes to my death. (laughs) Come for some stolen cigarettes, bro. Like, come on, dog. They they called in the bear tank or the bear cat, whatever they have down there. Yeah. And they knocked the balcony down. The bonky mobile. Yeah, bonking him to the ground. (laughs) Bonk, bonk, dude. So, Florida man. Apprehended once again. Wow, that was a roller coaster of emotion and suspense. Yeah, it was a great story. I love when stories like this land on the lanes and uh, at the expense of Florida Man, and that makes me a little sad. I don't like any stories where people get arrested, but at least I he could, put on a show. You could have asked me how to bum just uh, smoke, Florida Man. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> I'm not a rich man, but I would have bummed you a smoke, man. You wouldn't have had to go to all that trouble. Another story from Florida made it on the lanes this week. This time, a woman listed her house for sale in December, which, uh, winter real estate market, not great. But in no. Florida, there's no real winter, so. Yeah. Oh, must be people, fucking nice. You know, people might be looking to go there in the winter. Maybe must it is. Must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. A hot market in more than just temperature. Yeah. So anyway, she gets this listing up, and she has to do some minor repairs. Like, well, she replaced the whole roof. And then she called in some contractors for touch-ups to help her flip it. Uh, Her son noticed people in the driveway taking measurements. And over the course of a couple days, five contractors came out to her house and measured the driveway. (laughs) She finally was able to confront one. And the contractor said, oh, well, the owner asked me for a replacement quote. His name's Andre. He says that he's the landlord here. <laughs> She's like, excuse me? I'm going to need his number because this is my house that I listed to sell. And anyway, um, a couple days later, she came home and found that her driveway was gone. Oh, my God. It had been removed. <laughs> Now, she did get in touch with Andre, and he said, oh, yeah, there's nothing to worry about here. It was just I gave people a wrong address. <laughs> okay. So the authorities got in touch with him and saw that through his text messages, um, he received a quote for $7,200 and agreed to pay that price for her driveway to be replaced, I guess. And then, of course, he didn't meet with a contractor to pay him. He didn't oh bring in a God. deposit. So, uh, since he didn't deliver proof of ownership or pay and cut off communication, it seems like the contractor removed the driveway out of spite. Um, you know, Andre gave the police the same line where 
oh, it was a mistake. They got the wrong address. Uh, but what the hell? This lady didn't deserve to have her driveway removed. And then it makes me wonder, is this some kind of scam that the contractors are running? You know, oh, hey, yeah, this guy Andre, he says that this is his place. And it's not. But, you know, hey, you got to pay us for this work anyway. Mm-hmm. We gave you the quote. You agreed to it. Uh, this Andre character is claiming to have nothing to do with it. <laughs> but this woman is a single mom. And, you know, she's trying to sell her house and get money. And she's already put money into the place. So, you know, she got a quote for replacing the entire driveway and not just fixing it or whatever. And her quote was $10,000. That wasn't in the budget. Shit. You know, she didn't budget that out. Right, yeah. So she started to go fund me, but there was a radio sponsor that heard her story and installed a new driveway for her at no cost. And she was able to turn around and donate the funds she received through donations to a local nonprofit of her choice. Mm. Nice. So at least it worked out for her because that was of no fault of her own. That seems like a real scam. I'm I'm curious to see if there are other stories similar to this that have gone down. But I don't know. I'm glad that my driveway is still out there. Yeah, no shit. I'm also not planning to sell the bowl anytime soon. No. If ever. So <laughs> stay away from my driveway. <laughs> Get out my driveway, man. Yeah. Get off my driveway. That's mine. We do get offers to buy it, though. That's a hot thing that started under this Biden administration. Oh, hey, yeah. I'll give you cash for your house today. How does this sound? And One million dollars. Yeah, that's what we always ask for. And then they're like, what? And I say, I'm serious. One million dollars. I'd take a million. I'll take a million for this place. They never mo- take that <laughs> offer. They never <laughs> yeah. agree. I know. It's so unfortunate. Weird. I don't know why. Yeah, in the middle of the hood. Right by the zoo, though. It's great spot. It's, it's all about location. Location, location, location. Great location. Five minute drive to your work in the city. Oh my God. Anyway, uh, I guess that in Vietnam, cat meat is a popular dish. Mm. Uh, I don't speak Vietnamese, but it looks like the plate is called Tiet Meow. <laughs> I am not joking. T H I T. Tiet Meow. M E L. Teat me out. (laughs) We're eating cat meat now. Did you see her breasts? Anyway, there was one restaurant in particular that was killing 300 cats a month to make this teat meow soup. And the owner of the restaurant is a 37-year-old dad. And he was bummed that he couldn't make a living with his previous menu. He started offering teat meow and... Well, the customers came pouring in, so, you know, sorry, cats, you gotta go. 300 a month, that's what it takes. That's what the customers are ordering. But he did not feel good about it because he had to take each and every one of those cats and hold them down in a bucket filled with water with Whoa. a stick. You know, he had to drown those cats. He had to butcher them himself mm. to make the plate, and it really ate away at him. Uh-oh. So he turned himself in to a health authority. Mm. and they gave him a one-time grant to shutter his restaurant and turn it into a grocery store. (laughs) So 300 cats a month will be saved, thanks to this man. Wow. And I didn't realize this 
until reading about this story. <laughs> but there is a huge amount of pet theft in Vietnam. <laughs> Mostly cats. Well. I guess they are a delicacy over there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's like 87% of Vietnamese people have had a pet mysteriously stolen or know someone whose pet was taken. Which, yeah, we all know a guy, right? Yeah, you, all, you always know the guy. But in a huge PR move, they took a picture of this man ripping down his front restaurant sign advertising the cat soup. And they also were able to spare the lives of 20 cats and kittens set to be drowned who are now up for adoption. Oh, wowie zowie. Yeah, meow meow. We running out of cats or something? I guess so. Just asking, I don't know. Not in America. I mean, I'm I'm not hungry for cat, but I mean, I know. see one, two, three out on the street getting into my garbage. Damn it! That's Isn't what I get. it weird? Isn't it weird? Like they pick and choose which uh, which ones it's all right and not all right to eat. Yeah, and I kind of see this story as a flag for Vietnam of hey, the times are changing and cats are out. Yeah, cats are off the menu. Yeah, does that mean dogs are in? You're going to be globalized. <laughs> I think bugs are in. Oh. Taking yes. cats off the menu, putting on bugs and soy products. Yes, that, that yeah, that's happened already in America. Watch your ingredient list. Eh. They're there. They're eating cats in Vietnam. It's it, none of my goddamn business. That's, used, my opinion. that's my opinion. I agree. I agree, but 300 cats a month, wow. Yes, I guess. But. There's a bowler here crying. Yeah. I'll tell you that. There's think, a cat-loving uh, bowler out there, and I'm sorry yeah. that I disturbed you. Cats are cool outside cats that hunt your mice and eat them and shit. I'm not saying, like, they're not. You know. Hungry cats are great, yeah, because they eat rodents. I think Fat uh, pet fat. cats that make your house smell like ammonia. Oh, man, I can't do cats suck. in this house inside, yeah. Oh, I'm allergic to cats, mm-hmm. so too. I already have a bias against them. <laughs> we took it astray. That's always the worst part. Oh, no. If you have them from a kitten, that's a tenable situation is what you call that. Where you can, like, you know, have a symbiotic relationship. As long as you take care of them and clean after them because they smell awful. But uh, taking one in off the streets is a different matter altogether. You don't want a wild street cat in your home. Yeah. <laughs> it's just dumb. The first time I... Ran into, uh, I'm risking an F-tie here, but Uh we don't really see many stray dogs in America. A lot of times it's just a dog that escaped their yard if Uh, you run into one on the street. Yeah, Or was dumped. There are dumpings that occur with bully breeds. They always call somebody to come grab them is the deal. I wouldn't say that it's rare to see them. You just don't see them regularly hanging out. Yeah, we have a system. Yeah. That is in place for animal protection. <laughs> you spot them and then they get called in and hauled off somewhere. But the first time I interacted with actual stray dogs yeah. that made a living on the streets as dogs, yeah, you know, or didn't make a living but ate trash and, yeah. and cozied up to people, was, in, it up. was in Italy. Ah. Uh, and oh man, they know how to play humans so well. They were a bunch of good boys, even though they were all dreaded up and stinky. That's funny. Yeah, yep. dogs would know how to milk it really well if they were strays, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't they? Yeah. See, you turn around and give me a story about 300 dogs being drowned a month to make a soup, and I am going to cry. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll laugh at myself, too. Oh, but this next story is no laughing matter for the person at the center of it. This is a 
person from Minnesota who went in for some dental work, a woman, and, uh, well, she got a lot more than she bargained for because the dentist proceeded to give her eight crowns, four root canals, and 20 fillings in one sitting. And she's suing them now. She's trying to knock it all out at once? Yes, yes. Now, this is what gets me. And do they have like a... I don't like this lawsuit. Do they have a car payment coming up or something? This was 32 procedures in total, one away from the magic number, which <laughs> probably would have automatically <laughs> protected <laughs> them. But she needed all of these procedures done. And I think that's quite thorough of them to just do it all at once. That's pretty cool. Five and a half hours in the chair, which is about 12 minutes a, t- a tooth. That's efficient. Yeah, and if you're done, like with the one trip... That's how I'd want to do it. I don't want to come back every two yes. months and get three more. Fuck that. I want to say something here, too. You've had bad dental experiences, one of which involved getting four teeth removed, three. your wisdom teeth. Oh, yeah, three. Uh-huh. And that had to have been at least three hours. It was fucking horseshit. You were in there for hours for only three teeth. This guy, he got her whole mouth taken care of in five and a half hours, and he kept her under anesthesia the whole time. Now, Nice. In her lawsuit, she argues that they grossly exceeded what is considered a safe dosage of anesthesia. But I'd say, hey, lady, you woke up at the end of it, right? How does she know? You got your teeth fixed. Oh, because her lawyer told her. Come on. So she's suing for $50,000 in damages. I think she just doesn't want to pay the bill. Was she damaged? And insurance won't cover it all. Uh, Was she damaged? I think more just traumatized. Oh, my God. You know? um, The whole emotional damage thing should just be stopped. I agree. I agree. It says that- It's just too subjective. uh, Like, you can't measure it. It's too easy to bullshit. Okay, here. Wilson was left with significant injuries that required follow-up care from other providers to repair the negligent work. And I am thinking, you know how you have to actually take care of yourself when you get dental work done? Yeah. Like dry sockets and shit. You have to be paying attention to that. I'm guessing that a person with this horrible of oral hygiene was incapable of taking care of themselves post-op. And anyway, uh, so they had to, she went other places for some follow-up care, according to her lawsuit. And it says, beyond medical costs, ding, ding, ding. I really think that's what this all comes down to. Uh, Wilson says that she suffered pain, obviously, embarrassment, disfigurement, Ugh. and distress. Yeah. Disfigurement, like what? Your face is swollen up because you just had a bunch of dental work done? Pain is every trip to the dentist. Uh, embarrassment is even going to the dentist in the first place. Yeah. I don't know. Like <laughs> All of this shit comes with the dentist. Dentists suck. You can't sue them because it sucks to go to the dentist. I know. It's in their job description. <sighs> Must suck. Must be a sadist. Land of the free and the home of getting sued. I just am still amazed. Like, honestly, I think this is great PR for that dentist because you, sir or madam, are thorough. I guess. If the work was good. I'd like to see the lady's mouth. Okay. I don't have pictures. You'll have to follow the lawsuit. But here we go. Here it is at the very end. This not only impacts the economics of her dental needs, it impacts the emotional trauma associated with extensive dental treatment. (sighs) Yeah, dental work sucks. It sucks whether you have a little or a lot. Sometimes a little turns into a lot. Sometimes a lot turns into a little, which is what happened to you, and you should be grateful for that. A lot turned into a little. 
Some people have to pay extra for that, lady. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But that's all I've got for the lanes tonight. Oh, hot diggity damn. Pretty good sesh on the lanes, I would say. Yeah. Well, it was no five and a half hours. Right, right. And, uh, you know, I, I don't have Novocaine here. That's right. But I do have some bulls to pass around. Yeah. We keep it more plant-based. That's right. Uh, well, we will be back talking about based plants next Tuesday at the same time, right around 9 o'clock Central when DHM Plug wraps. Until then, you can bet I will be Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I will still be Dame DeLorean. Till next time, bowlers. May your bowls burn ever brighter. Walk on. Smoke on. Oh, this is kind of interesting, but all right, I'm pretty high. We have blunts here. I've never done a blunt. I do one. I feel stupid now. Um... The weed. That guy's probably a dancer. Oh, the bowl after bowl guy? Clothing is optional. Pot is not. Spencer just says the fun stuff. The sexiest podcasters I know, Sir Spencer and DeLorean. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl after bowl after bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl.com. Bowl after bowl.com.